everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two Greater Losers, an episode that's literally three months in the making. I am Eric from Hey Internet, Eric here, and as always, I'm with the man who always shoots first, whether he's being Han Solo or just one of his random dates with those Mississippi hookers, my buddy Friends. How you doing, Friends? Good. Very good. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested and excited how tonight's episode's going to be. But me and Frenzy talked offline. Um, before we get into the meat and potatoes of uh, tonight's episode, we did want to give at least a little brief discussion about uh, Richard Donner, who passed away. I, it was, I don't know if it was this week or late last or early last week, one of the two, um, at 91. And uh, the reason why we wanted to talk about this, not, it's not just at least for, for friends, he'll, 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 talk about it a little bit but at least for me Richard Donner was a major part of my childhood and not just because of the Goonies you know or, or Lethal Weapon I didn't get into Lethal Weapon until I honestly until I was an adult I was one of those you know a late person going into watching Lethal Weapon um three of the films that I watched like dozens of times growing up like I'm talking like young adolescent were Richard Donner Richard Donner films obviously the Goonies but the other two were the original Superman, because um, my mom was a huge, huge Superman fan. And um, honestly, the other one was, you know, not one of his biggest hits was The Toy, which we just put on. Uh, honestly, we finished it maybe a half hour before we started recording. Um, those three films, like, you know, we all talk about, you know, growing up, you know, our childhood was like the Ninja Turtles movies, or we've talked about Indiana Jones. Literally, those three films were my childhood. You know, I couldn't tell you how many times a week I would watch The Goonies, how many times I would watch and still be in awe of Superman, and then just how much I just fucking loved the toy because, you know, I was too young to, to understand Richard Pryor, you know, the adult stuff, Richard Pryor, you know, see no evil or his fucking stand up or anything. This was, he was a, like a live action cartoon in The Toy. And um, Donner did so, so many other things. Uh, the Gremlin on the side of the plane, he directed that, uh, the original one of the Twilight Zone. Directed one of my favorite Tales from the Crypt episodes, uh, one with Joey Pants, where he had the nine lives of the cat, and he was working at the the, the circus. Oh, yeah. When, I didn't know he yeah, directed that, was, that one. Yep, that's one of my favorite ones. And, you know, we're, we're going to keep it brief, but we had to mention how important and how much you and I both loved Richard Donner, because not just of what he did for he was a, he was a fantastic filmmaker, and I've heard nothing but great stories about him behind the scenes and just how a great person he was. But he really was a huge part of my childhood with those three films. And then as I got older, you know, the Lethal Weapon movies, even I think his last movie was Sixteen Blocks, and me and you know producer Rachel we fucking love that movie, and no one talks about it. And I think they should because it's really really good. But at least you know. I don't know if we're going to, I always get confused, like saying rest in peace, because to my knowledge, the guy didn't die of anything painful. The, no. the, the dude was 91. He lived a fantastic life. He is part of American culture, you know, and I just thought, you know, before we get into the, the topic of tonight's episode, at least we should give a mention to him. So that's what I got to say. Uh, how about you friends? Yeah, definitely. I think the whole social media rest in peace, I mean, all of social media is basically just a 
like a never-ending obituary for mm-hmm. people that die and i think uh, it's like a slippery slope with that and i try to avoid it at all costs because if you want to celebrate someone celebrate them while they're alive i've i've brought up i've brought up richard donner so many times like mm-hmm. because he's important to me why and it doesn't matter like you know after he's dead or not because he doesn't see any of this or anything right. like that but you're talking about the principle of the matter and i think it's better to talk about people while they're alive so mm-hmm. any conversation i get because he was this like working class director who mm-hmm. made all of these important like mainstream movies um but you were talking about the ones that affected you the most as a kid like superman's still my all-time favorite comic book movie Richard Donner Superman. It's so sad that they can't make a Superman movie like better than that. Like a hundred years from now, and you know, not a hundred years, but in two thousand seventy or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be a hundred years, and they still haven't done it. It's like such a simple formula that for some reason uh, is impossible to crack. Um, but that was big, and the other big one was Radio Flyer. That's like my oh, love I the Goonies, that. love all that yeah. stuff. I mean, obviously, Goonie, Masterpiece, but a Radio Flyer is the movie that really spoke to me. That's like, mm-hmm. and my brothers, it was so weird because I just visited my little brother in North Carolina, and we went to a movie theater, and they sell VHSs, like old ones, and he found that mm-hmm. one. So, wow. That was uh, another one. I, I forgot that he did that. That was another one I watched as an adolescent over and over again. And then you realize, wow, there's some dark shit in that movie when you get older. Oh, yeah. And I'm like... I totally forgot, you know, that was him. And that's another great film. Yeah, it's a great children's film. That's a little Mm -hmm. more serious than, like, The Goonies. Uh, But it's just, you know, it's apples and oranges. But, you know, aside from that, he's big. And, uh, like, for me, Christmas, you know, my favorite types of movies are baseball and Christmas. Mm -hmm. And he made Scrooge, which is one of my all-time favorites, and Lethal Weapon, which was two Mm -hmm. years before Die Hard. And it's way more Christmassy than Die Hard. Just mm-hmm. watch them. Just watch it again, or watch them back to back. You'll see what I'm talking about. So, right. everyone talks about Die Hard being this the ultimate Christmas action movie, or whatever. Lethal Weapon did it way before, and I think I like it more. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad that we got, kind of got robbed of like grumpy old men Lethal Weapon because they were bo- they were planning to do yeah, they uh, were. a newer one, a part five with all, everyone back, like really old, and you know, yeah. That would have been but kind of amazing. Donner, Gibson, and Glover had all agreed to do a fifth one. And like I said, I went into it late. I didn't see any Lethal Weapon movies until four had just come out in theaters. Hmm. So I was really late into the game. But, you know, like I said, he he's 91. I doubt he <laughs> he could have gone at any time. Yeah, He does have a great legacy. There's stories out there. I won't get into it, but if you find... If you follow, of all random people, if you follow Michael Ray Brower on YouTube, he played Donkey Lips on Salute Your Shorts. Mm-hmm. He has a really, really cool story of how he met Richard Donner when he was auditioning for that Tales from the Crypt episode, which he's in. He's in that that episode of Tales from the Crypt. So just search Michael Ray Brower. He's got a, a story. It's called like Story Time: How Richard Donner Saved My Family, Excellent. and it, it's really, really cool. But um, with that, I do want to say it was nice at least to acknowledge uh, Richard Donner. Um, we'll be talking like the Goonies and other stuff of him, you know, later on down the road. But, you know, this is a movie podcast. You know, we do a lot of horror, but we're, we're a movie podcast. And we it, 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 he had to be mentioned tonight. So, yeah. well, he did the Omen, too. So he's 
yeah, well, there you go. Lots of horror. He's the, I didn't know he directed any of the Tales from the Crypts. He's just one of the executive producers. But He might have directed more, but that's the only one I know of off the top of my head. And then, like I said, um, Gremlin on the Wing of the Plane, you know, where it looked like a teddy bear with William Shatner, you know, the original episode. Yeah. That was directed by him, too. Anyone listening? You too, Eric. Any, if Go to the filmography and just look and see if there's one you missed. If you haven't mm -hmm. seen all of his movies, check it out. I know for a fact that a huge one, which we never talked about, was Inside Moves. I posted about it on I Twitter. You will love that. You will love that movie. I mean, I, that, I, I think that'll be one of your new favorite movies. Seriously. Yeah, I, I literally just clicked on like IMDb. And you know, they just give you like the top 10 or whatever. I've seen all of them except for that one and Lady Hawk. Oh, so. Yeah. Well, Lady Hawk, that, uh, to each his own. Like, I'm not saying all of his <laughs> movies are good. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but, you know, if Sammy's listening, that's probably, I'm assuming that's one of his favorite movies, Lady Hawk. Why is it Sword and Sorcery? Oh, yeah. Sword and Sorcery with uh, Matthew Broderick and stuff. But seriously, don't, if you haven't seen Inside Moves, don't read about it. Mm -hmm. Go in completely cold. I think it'll be one of your new favorite movies. All right, cool. So with that, uh, we'll get to uh, the subject of tonight's episode. Um, <laughs> the one where half of it Frenzy wants to talk about and half of it, uh, well, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> Uh, thank you to uh, everyone in the chat so far. Nightwatch is here. Jennifer Tochi is here. I know why Nightwatch is here. He's hoping for a fight later on. But um, tonight, we, we, we planned this months and months ago. It's it's Jackie Earl Haley night. Um, first off, we're going to talk about Bad News Bears. Um, I am not a sports person. I don't like sports other than wrestling. Yes, I consider wrestling a sport. And fucking bowling and fishing is a sport. Wrestling's a sport. That's the only one I watch. I, and I, I used to watch football with my dad, you know, for like maybe like, you know, a quarter of it. And then I left. One of the worst sports for me to watch is baseball. But I absolutely love baseball movies. And I don't know why, whether it's Major League or, or, or you know, the Bad News Bears, a league of their own. Thank you, producer Rachel. Um, they're always good. And tonight, you know. We were going to do it when when, uh, when opening season started, but Frenzy, I know how much I know you love the Bad News Bears, but we've just discussed it in talking. Um, again, this was a staple of my childhood, and it's another movie I grew to appreciate when I got older because <laughs> I started to associate more with you know Walter Matthau, you know the grumpy curmudgeon who always had a beer in his hand, always was trying to get you know something for free was this loud mouth, loud mouth when he had to be asshole, annoyed by kids, stuck with kids, you know, when he didn't want to be. And, uh, and again, as you grow uh, as a, a lover of film, as I did, I grew to love the performances. And Walter Matthau, who I had only fucking known from either the Grumpy Old Men movies or fucking, you know, the Dennis the Menace movie where he, he's Mr. Wilson. I've never seen anything else, I think, with Walter Matthau other than maybe the original Odd Couple, and that was like decades ago, mm -hmm. you know, the Jack Lemon. And holy shit, he is so good, not just as being, you know, the goofy asshole. I mean, he's not really goofy, but he's funny. But he is really good at the drama in this. He really is, even though it's it's the movie about the movie is about the kids. He is the star, he is the crux of this film, and he is flat out amazing. And every single scene, the way he the way he moves, the way he he just you know sneers, anything he does is golden in this film. 
Yeah. Well, the Walter Matthau is just a, he's a legend. So you're lucky. I've kind of like, uh, envious a little bit. They haven't seen that many of his movies. And if you like the, the grumpy old man, the grumpy old men movies with Jack Lemmon, and especially the odd couple, they, they did so many movies together. So you have, there's so many more to uh, Mm -hmm. just go and look for anything that they're, they're, they're in together. Um, let alone the solo comedy stuff. He did a lot of like noir and detective shit that I think is absolutely amazing. And what's weird is he always brings this slothful, schlubby kind of, uh, I mean, I, I'm assuming that's how he was in real life because he's always bringing this to all the characters that he does. He's absolutely yeah. amazing. So he could, but the thing you're t- tapping into it in this one with Buttermaker is that I think a lot of people that, especially if you've seen the remake, or mm-hmm. you've seen the sequels to this, but you've never really, right. you didn't really get into this movie as a kid or whatever, or in any facet. It's kind of like this isn't really a comedy. Like it is a comedy, but it's not a, it's not right. a laugh out loud slapstick kind of thing. It's mostly right. like a devastating, like drama. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, there's definitely it. Yes, no one, you know, I must don't attack me. I, yes, it's a comedy, but this is a very specific type of 70s americana mm-hmm. that is like the main reason i love this movie so much is that it it captures a moment in history perfectly and you know it's timeless so you can you can you can relate to all these characters and things but this is really about like you were talking about how um you know it's about the kids and all these things whatever but walter Matthau really is like that's what baseball is about like it's a it's a kid's game that adults mm-hmm. play for money you know what i mean and yeah. he's like that's what he is he's like this burnt out old uh failed kid has been right he's this has been and um the way that he taps back into we'll, we'll get into all that i just think it's like it, the movie's way deeper than it seems it just seems like right because most people have this association with uh with uh, gr- uh bad santa what's his name uh, billy bob thornton, billy bob thornton yeah. like oh he's just a drunk who yells at the kids no that's not what this is at all really no no and you know you know what you did say it perfectly it, it, like it 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 does kind of capture that, that point in time like you know i was born in 81 but it still had like that 80s feel for me you know this was what 76 something yeah. like that around, around the time because i remember every i remember when this movie opens, it's a fantastic cold open, no music at all. Mm. And that, 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 that's, that's really rare. You know, if you think about it, how often do you have like credits and there's nothing, all you hear is like the kids playing on the, on the baseball diamond. Yes. And Buttermaker's driving up in his car still with his beer. And I, I love how it's a different beer in every fucking scene. It's either Schlitz <laughs> or you know, PBR or high life or whatever. Um, you just had, I just felt like I was a kid again, seeing the cars, being out on the ball field. I mean, I, I sucked at sports, but I loved watching it because my friends and my cousins played. And then just when they went to fucking Pizza Hut, you know, celebrating. I remember when Pete, remember when Pizza Hut used to look like that? You can go yes. in there and you have like, you know, the red cups and like the, the, the checkerboard um, tablecloths and stuff like that. Of course. It really literally did feel like my childhood. And that's, one of the main reasons why I love this film too. I mean, it, it'll be different. Like, you know, my daughter watches and she likes it, but she won't have that. Like, right. That you childhood have, feeling. You, have you know what I mean? Foot in the history of it. You have a foot in it. Yeah. Younger people don't. This is not, right. A, 
but you can still relate to it. I, I think with any other director or group of people that had made this, it, it could have easily turned into Breaking Training, which is mm -hmm. just flat out goofy. Um, yeah. It, there's no way this could have been part three, which we'll get into later. Oh. Which is just like insane cocaine trip or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like this, this movie rides the line perfectly with yeah. uh, with realism, and it's it's both funny and heartwarming, and and you know charming, and you you know nostalgic. You remember being a kid and being shitty at baseball, like all these kids, yep. and how boring it is. And at the same time, the super sad. They didn't go too heavy with the sad. Like the yeah. this could have been just a straight up hardcore drama. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, like a man with the golden arm or something like that, but it's not, and that's that's why I love it. But we're talking specifically about baseball, and you said how boring it is. You don't watch sports, none of that. I don't watch it. I I've tried my whole life, can't do mm -hmm. it. There's too many right. goddamn games. Like, first of all, there's too many games, and plus, I live in this dead zone in Mississippi where there's no teams. Okay, so really? they have these weird rules. Like, like if you're following professional sports, you have to pick the one closest to you. So it's like. Who am I supposed to root for? The Braves, which are five hours away, or the Astros, which are five hours away? Like, and see, you know, I'm 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 in Chicago area, so we got two of them: either the Cubs yeah. or the White Sox. You've so. got tons, and I never had yeah. any. But baseball, with this one specifically, because I think the greatest mm -hmm. baseball movie ever made is League of Their Own. And I mean, we can get into it. I, I wanted to do a whole thing on baseball movies and how different okay. they are and stuff like that. But this one is in the top five for me because it captures the banality of baseball of being a kid like in a way that i think like f hardcore french art fag people like super intellectuals will watch something like this eventually when they mm -hmm. realize that it's not the remake billy bob thornton thing and yeah. realize how like profound and deep this movie really is i think nor normal people get it but mm -hmm. this is not people do not talk about bad news bears in higher circles and it's unfortunate because you put this in black and white and change the language to French, right? People <laughs> yeah. would eat this up. Yeah. And see, and see, that's what's, what's sad is, again, it's like, you know, people, you know, they might just associate it with, you know, and I'm not just talking about the remake, you know, even before the remake came out, um, they might just associate it with, you know, you got, you know, you got the fat kid, you got the Mexican kids who can't speak English. You got, you know, the one little asshole kid Tanner. So they think it's just all about this little, misfit team of the little shithead kids and like why would i want to watch that you know i can i'm an adult let's i'll just put on major league you know at least there's like you know hits and, and swearing and stuff in, in that movie you know what i mean yeah. but the problem is if that's all you think about that's all you associate with this film you're missing out on a lot of really good shit like again um i love how we just meet uh buttermaker you know he just pulls in in his i don't know if it's cadillac or anything i don't i don't know cars um but either way you know cold open he's there you can tell he's already fucking tired he doesn't want to be there you know he's got his six-pack you know riding shotgun with him i'm just i'm surprised he doesn't have it in his fucking seatbelt because he loves his beer so much um but then when we meet kelly you know the star of you know tonight's episode it's jackie earl haley night kelly league you can already tell that kid, he's not, he's a little shit, but you can tell already just the way Jackie plays Kelly, there is more to it. There's a reason why he's, you know, this straight up punk and they, they delve into it more, you know, in, in the breaking training sequel, because we meet his dad who basically ditched them and ditched his family. But Jackie, 
does such a really good job in not overemphasizing. You know, Kelly's just badass. He's not, he's not the kid in the leather jacket from the fucking monster squad. You know what I mean? You know, just put on a leather jacket and he's, he's, he's a tough kid. I like how, and it's not just in Jackie's acting. You can also see it in his facial expressions. Like this kid is, he's got some shit going on at home and they don't ever mention his home life. You know, but you can tell there's more to it just in the way I don't want to say he's like a tortured kid, but he you can tell he's troubled, if that makes definitely. sense. Yeah, he's definitely troubled. Just the way he not just, you know, he's he's not just, you know, the asshole kid, you know, you know, picking on, you know, the, the Yankees, you know, any of the kids from the Yankees or anything like that. You can tell he he has no guidance at home. And then you can also tell he has no friends at when he's off the ball field, because in the scene where Buttermaker is championship game, or it's the game before the championship game. I don't know. Remember which one it is, but he's having Kelly catch all the fly balls just in case. Yeah. So they, you know, that's what happened. Kelly caught all the fly balls. And then later what I'm talking about is the, the, the warm up for the big game. And he wants to join in and, you know, help everybody warm up and they're not throwing the ball to him. Like even, um, What's his face? The kid with the afro, the shitty pitcher. Like even he is kind of like, you know, fuck you, asshole. Like he won't help. And yeah. he he's one of the worst players on the team. And the way Jackie just looks defeated. This is the tough kid who 90 minutes ago was riding a Harley and fucking flicking cigarettes at Vic Morrow and stuff like that. And um, now he's defeated. And what's great is, again, the body language. He doesn't just, you know, he, it's not like, you know, he sticks his hands in his pocket, you know, kicks the dirt and walks away, but just the way he like, yeah, aw shucks. He's like, he, the way he holds his ball glove, like to his chest, he's just like, all right, great. This shit again. And it's just like, you don't know his backstory, but it's just little bits and pieces. You can make this backstory and you realize he's this asshole kid or this asshole persona is just for show. And I love it. Yeah. It takes I a think long time to warm up to everyone too, because I think, mm-hmm. <clears throat> in this movie, I mean, it takes a really long time because he's just so he thinks everyone's the chill, all the kids on the team and the baseball players are all beneath him. Like they're all mm-hmm. these shitheads. He's trying to work it out. And I think like there's a lesson to be learned from this that he learns eventually is that, you know, you got to like, sometimes you just have to conform a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you can't, you can't survive by yourself. You know, you can't you can't play baseball and fulfill any kind of um, need in your life by yourself, being the lone gunner. So it's just like, yes, some people are beneath me. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so, some people are shitheads and Mexicans and they don't speak English and one's racist and fat ass and all these people. But he's like, you know right. what? Just get over yourself. And he, uh, you know, when he joins the team and finally conforms a little mm-hmm. bit and taking authority... Um, think it's really well done honestly yeah and rachel was asking uh, how old the kids are supposed to be i think they're all different ages i think amanda i yeah. think she she's probably gonna she's probably like 11 11 or 12 because mm-hmm. she's mentioned how she's gonna be getting a bra soon but that all varies like kelly's kelly is jake girl haley the, the kid with the, the harley the motorcycle kelly's probably amanda's age she's probably 12 i'm thinking yeah i figured he was like 12 or 13 but how was he able to drive the motorcycle? Well, it's 1976. No one gave a shit. Oh, I don't know that. The, it, I don't know back then. They didn't care. No, it's like a dirt bike kind of thing. It's like it depends on the CC and the size of the engine and stuff. 
if it's underneath the the you know because they they had it up until recently you could ride dirt bikes in smaller engine two-wheel vehicles here without a license you know what i mean or really young Mm -hmm. so he's just getting he's just getting by with that it's not like he's riding a giant harley right but then, uh, uh, then like, like Rachel, what I was also saying, like, you also have varying ages because, you know, Engelberg, he's probably the oldest other than Amanda. Mm-hmm. But then you got the you got Miguel and his little brother. They're probably seven, eight, yeah. you know, right on the edge of the all. You know, those leagues are all mixed ages. Right. Uh, if any play, anybody played baseball, you're playing with different age people. So it's kind of mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, people are different. It doesn't matter how what what age they are. Like my niece is plays basketball and she's Uh so tall i swear to god that they've had problems having games because other parents want to like check her birth certificate to see they don't believe she's the age of the other kids because she's two feet taller than all of them Mm -hmm. so i don't know i'm telling you that but you never know how old these fucking kids are yeah but but see i think that again that adds to the charm that adds to the, the realism and you know uh mel just showed up and she's in she's super into baseball and you know her 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 son played little league i don't know if he still does but that's what i like about this i do remember going to my cousin's little league games and stuff like that so again it goes back to you know the nostalgia for me for growing up and um all these kids are good we already talked about you know how good walter was and how good jackie is as as kelly um tatum o'neill is fantastic as amanda and she and what I like about this is I know I, my mom used to love Paper Moon. I haven't seen it in probably like fucking 25 years since I was a kid, you know. But I'll tell you what I love about this is she's that perfect mixture, excuse me, perfect mixture of tomboy and wanting to get away with, you know, the, you know, the baseball stuff like you, she's dancing and she. You know she doesn't want to go on a date with Kelly after she loses the the game or whatever. Yeah. The air hockey game. But you know she doesn't care, you know. And it's not like overkill. It's not in your face. And what's great about Tatum in this movie is she can hold her own with Tanner, who as a kid – I still love him as a kid. He was my favorite because he was the foul-mouthed little prick. You know, he's like well, Bart Simpson to me yeah. growing up. He, she can hold him. She can – she can hold her own. She she can hold her own with uh with Engelberg, who's like the other asshole on, on on the on the team. But she can also I love her relationship with Buttermaker because you know it's it's implied that you know some people think that Buttermaker is her father, which I think is not true. I think he was just a boyfriend of her mom. Yeah. And what I love is she she's annoyed by him. You know, we will talk about the one scene where they where he goes off on her, which it really is heartbreaking. But what I love about this is she gives him so much shit. And you already know he he cares about her so much. I love the little stuff that shows it that shows that she cares about him. And perfect example, the producer's coughing in the background. Every time he puts that cigar in his mouth, she pulls it out and throws it out the window. And she says, these things are disgusting. These things make me sick or you're going to get cancer. She says something like that every time she does it. And these little added things make her more likable and enjoyable. And she's just got perfect chemistry with Walter Matthau. Oh, she's amazing. Tatum O'Neill is like a really gifted little little girl. She won a fucking Oscar at what, 
six, eight, something like that. She was acting with her dad. And she can hold her own with these people that are fucking 40 years older than her, 50 years mm-hmm. older than her. I don't know how old Walter was, but that shows her talent. And what's great is she's not just this annoying snot-nosed kid. She's not like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone or or any of these kids. She is a fan. She's not, she's not a kid actor. She's an actress, if that makes sense. Yeah. She's really fucking good. And I, I think she is one of the main reasons to watch this movie too you know yeah. all the ba- all the all the kids are great but she is fantastic in this you kind of forget she's acting she's- same thing with jackie or Haley. you kind of forget they're acting you believe that they're these characters and mm. so it goes without saying because they're they're both so good but um mm. I, I don't even know which one i could pick over the other uh and that'll definitely tie into later when we're talking about freddy krueger and how it's <laughs> definitely not his fault that he got suckered into this pile of shit thing. He, that he, you know, they obviously promised him uh, things that they couldn't deliver on. But in this movie, she's like, um, she's the filling in for her mom. Like, mm-hmm. she is basically her a little version of her mom. The last connection with Buttermaker to, like, the civilized world. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Like, you know, of like normal people that have relationships and things like mm-hmm. that. So she's like, she's still holding them together. Yeah. Uh, because you know, deep down, it's it's obviously not her kid. I don't know who said who thinks that. Um, th- that's not his child. Correct. Like they were, he just dated her mom or whatever, and they had obviously bonded. So they don't mm-hmm. talk about it. She's obviously sees something in him which turns out to be real mm-hmm. uh, value. And a father right. figure and all these things. And she's trying to, like, keep them together. But without, you know, without the cliches that we've seen a thousand times in movies before. Where she's going to, like, you know, this isn't the parent trap or one of those movies where they're going to try to, like, disney the... This mm-hmm. is a very realistic, kind of brutal, and it leaves you with a little hope, like, in real life. Like, maybe something right. good will come out of this. But probably mm-hmm. not. He'll probably right. drink himself to death. Yeah. That's Night why I watch appreciate Zone. This movie's brutal. Like, it really is. It, is. it really is. Uh, Nightwatch Zone just said first shots fired with uh, the, the Elm Street remake talk. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll wait and see. But um, you, you talked about how, how brutal this film is. You know, we might as well just go ahead and say it. Um, I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen this movie. Probably at least a dozen, you know, since I was a kid. And the last time I watched this was, you know, a few months ago when we were going to originally do this episode. And that scene where it's after the ball game and she's icing up her elbow in the, in the tub of beer, which is, which is, which is always great. And she's trying to set Buttermaker and her mom up on a date. Mm-hmm. And it's, you understand it more, at least this is my take on it as you get older. It's not just, you know, okay, here it is. It's the great acting. He doesn't want to, go back to, to dating mom. And she's like, no, it'll be great. You guys can go to the movies, have dinner, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, your mom hates me and I hate her. Just He's just finding a way because I don't think he, I think he's afraid to be part of, like you said, the real world again. Yeah, I think that was probably his last good, I don't want to say memory, but that was like his last good part of his life. And he fucked it up. And, you know he did. Exactly. It was his fault. It was probably his drinking or his, his, you know, being a shyster or something like that. And he is afraid, I think, that he won't be accepted back. 
And that's what makes it even more heartbreaking. When then after she says, okay, well, if you don't want to go on a date with me, we can go to the movies or something like that. And then he just fucking goes off on her. He throws, I don't know if he throws the beer can at her, but he flicks his beer at her. And he's, he, he's, you know, he literally says, can't you get through your six thick skull? He, and then and this is what makes you realize that he's the one that fucked it up. He says, I'm a loser. You know, you don't want to hang around me, basically. And then Tatum, she goes from being that kid, hey, be my friend, let's do everything. The, 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 the light switches flip, she's dead in her face. She's like, you know what? Bad idea anyways. And she just says, she's like, okay, you know, that's a PG way of saying, okay, you know, fuck you, old man, you know. And again, it's so great. You get the, you know, you know Tatum's going to walk away because we see that shot of her crying you know you're going to pan up on her crying but then it's very subtle and if some people think it's cheesy well you know fuck you i don't care it works when you see buttermaker sitting his ass down on that bench and you just you have to look but his eyes are tearing up he's like great the only thing left i had in life since i fucked it up with her with her mom was amanda and now like i said you figure this out when you get older now he truly is alone now he truly has nothing. Yeah, and again, that's that just you back. reading into it. It could, it yeah. could play out in so many different ways because I, this is I kind of agree with that, but at the same time, okay. I think the bigger what I always took out of the situation was, and it's not saying yours is wrong. It's probably both mm-hmm. a little bit right. Is that this movie goes back and forth with yes, it's about this uh, failed child at heart old man mm-hmm. who's afraid of like you know stepping up to certain responsibilities and relationships and all these things and like losing his dream which is like to fucking hit a ball with a stick and run around in a circle but with the relationship with his with his ex and with uh tatum o'neill i've always seen it as the movie switches back and forth between the kids perspective and the adults and in this instance this is something you don't know when you're a kid especially if your parents fight a lot or they got divorced is that children don't understand that when someone's like when a relationship's done mm-hmm. or when people are dead to each other or they're out of they're out of love like they they can't it's literally like trying to understand physics they can't mm-hmm. grasp the concept in their mind of like of love being broken and being irreconcilable you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's like she doesn't understand that and in in my mind he, he that's what's happening he's like no we hate each other forever there's no coming mm-hmm. back. There's no coming back from that. And mm-hmm. as a kid, like you don't see it that often in movies, right? Made this way. It's like really well done mm-hmm. and uh, super devastating. But you're the what you're interpreting too. That's all true. It's just a very right. beautiful, complicated thing between you know a grumpy old man and a little girl. And, and, and that, that's what's great about, like I said, seeing films over and over again through the years is the way you interpret things differently. Uh, Jennifer Tochi, she says in the chat, like she interprets it. He's also afraid of being a dad, of being the father figure. Yes. So how do? And the thing is, you know, we don't know his past. Maybe he's got a shitty father or something like that. Definitely. Or maybe he's got a maybe he's got a kid that he has no attachment to. You know, we don't know. And he does, or maybe he just doesn't want to get attached to Amanda again and fuck it up. And which which he which Could he does, anything. and then he. Would, I know. It's great. And that's what I, again, that's what's great about film in general. It's just the way you interpret things. 
And what's great is like what you said, what I said, and then also what Jennifer said, no one's wrong because it's not flat out said what the deal is. So you can, you get the gears turning in your head, what you think is the reason. And in the end, it's still a fucking devastating scene. You know, again, it's not over the top. Tatum's not got, you know, not tears streaming down, snot interface, any of that blubbering bullshit. She does it just right. And the way it's shot, I don't know who the director was, but the way it's shot of her just in the field, just all she does, I mean, like I said, she's not blubbering or anything. All she does, she just wipes her eyes. You know, that's all that's needed. It's very subtle. But some, what, what's the cliche? Subtlety is key. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, he's going to have the redemption at the end. You know, we don't know. You don't know if the Bears are going to win. The Bad News Bears are going to win at the end. But, you know, Buttermaker is going to at least have some type of redemption with Amanda. And it, you feel happy because, like I said, this wasn't so over the top and like a point of no return type of bullshit, even though he fucking threw beer at it. Like goddamn, you know, 11 year old. Yeah. You know. You, you don't have this over-the-top schmaltzy bullshit happy feeling when they do hug at the end and he puts his arm around her. And then, of course, I love the final shot, you know, the, the, the team photo. She's standing next to him. Like, all the, all the kids are paying attention. You know, they're looking at the camera. She is literally right next to him, like, you know, that father-daughter bond. He's standing there with his beer. He's actually fucking smiling, but they're together. So, that's what I think. And it with that picture, I think is the perfect ending for their relationship from beginning to end. If you ask me. Yeah. He's like, uh, it's all really devastating, but I will, we'll talk about it. I think the ending's the mm-hmm. one of the greatest in movie history. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely amazing ending to a movie, not just to a movie, but to like a baseball movie. Like this might be mm-hmm. the best. I can't, I don't know. This might be the best ending to a baseball movie too. Like, if we're being specific um just in general and i don't see a lot of people talking about it but at the same time uh connected with your point and the relationship and all that stuff i was gonna say that it's like you know uh toshi was talking about how he doesn't he doesn't he's afraid of being a dad he's afraid of all these responsibilities and at the same time it all ties into like being a baseball player he's afraid of losing right Mm -hmm. it's either it's he's like fucking ricky bobby if you ain't first you're last right (laughs) and really that's that's the sports mentality in people right and he has to understand like it takes forever i think it's like when rick morrow beats the shit like just slaps the shit out of his kid for not listening to him yeah we're gonna talk about that it like it dawns on him like whoa it's not about like i'm taking this shit way too seriously it's more like you know, like Moneyball, it's about like getting on base, not about hitting mm-hmm. the home run. Like, you know, RBIs is more important. Yeah. It's like get on ba- the little things. Like just, you know, get on a base. Maybe just like you, every nothing. You can't plan out everything, and uh, it ties into the relationship and all these things. I think it's just beautiful. But you wanted to talk about the Vic Morrow well, moment. Well, we, well, I think we can throw the Vic Vic Morrow moment into when we talk about the ending. Uh, before we get to that. We got to talk about the other bears in general because, you know, I mean, we, we were praising Jackie, we're praising, you know, Tatum, but every one of these fucking kids is great in everything they do, whether it's Engelberg being the fat, grumpy, 
hey, I need to eat chocolate or else my doctor says, you know, I, you know, I got to eat 30 every 30 minutes or whatever bullshit he says. Yes. When, um, when, when Buttermaker's yelling at him because he gets fucking chocolate fingerprints all over the ball, you have Tanner, who is this – I didn't realize how fucking racist he was until this last viewing. I said, because I'm not going to say the words because I don't want to offend because we got people of color in the chat. And, again, I don't want to get bleeped on YouTube. But he says every derogatory uh, word about blacks. He says every derogatory word about Mexicans. He talks about fat asses. He makes fun of the Jews. He 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 talks about you know you got nerds and a booger eating spaz. You know what? You know making fun of um what's his face. Uh, anyway, you know you know what I'm talking about the one kid who who catches the fly ball at the end. Yeah. Um, lupus. But uh. He's still funny, and he's not this annoying little shit. He's a funny little shit. And he has his moment of redemption when he sticks up for Lupus, when the kids pour, you know, the the ketchup in his hat and make him wear, and he shoves the burrito in uh, the kid's face. And what's great is, I just, I love, is even though he's getting the shit kicked out of him at the, at the little food stand, he's still... Is a little wise as he says, you owe me 50 cents for that burrito, you know, that type of stuff. So yeah. he has his likable moment. But I even love Rudy Stein, the Jewish kid with the fro who can't throw a ball to save his fucking life. No, the one who wasn't. No, I don't know. I, I don't know who, who didn't want to wear the cup, but, but Rudy was the, the, the pitcher who kept getting told to take the, the bean. Yeah, and he's like, I don't want to. It really hurts. Yeah. And then Buttermaker being the ass is like, do it for your team. Come on, come on, go. He's likable. Um, I don't know who the nerd is. You know, the one who writes down all the stats. He's great. He's mm-hmm. not an annoying geek. He's likable because you know just the way he and he is. I love how when he has to get up to bat, how fucking nervous that kid is. You know what I mean? The way he's holding his butt, he stutters when he says, "Yes, Mister Buttermaker," stuff like that. You know. Ahmed Abdul Rahim, I love that kid. Uh, Hank Aaron is his, his his hero. He loses the first game. He doesn't just want to you know not play baseball anymore. He fucking strips down to his fucking skivvies, climbs up a fucking tree, and just wants to be gone to the world. He's great. You got the two little Mexican kids who I don't know what the fuck they're saying, but they're great when they're when they're yelling at Buttermaker and um like. Producer Rachel said, you know, the scene where they all have to wear cups and he, you know, he's yelling at Buttermaker. What did he say? Um, I'm a little rusty on my Spanish, but I think he says it's against his religion. Those little jokes are good. And and it's, it's all based on every one of these kids' performances and whoever was the fucking casting director, you know, hit the gold mine with this. Every single person, even Lupus, the little shithead who can't do anything right. The booger-eating spaz, as Tanner calls him. Yeah. You didn't like Tanner because he was the asshole? Yeah. yeah. Tanner, he was the shortest other than probably Lupus. And you know what? He's probably a bully because he was the shortest. He, he had to make... He had short person's disease. He had to make up for it. But yeah. again, you know, who who did he got beat up by the fourth grade? No, who? No, who? The fourth grade, the entire fourth grade. Yeah, and that is he's Napoleon that, complex and and at the same time it's also uh he's not racist because he says racist things. 
He's right. racist because he's obviously for you know 90% of racist people especially in Mississippi I grew up with they just repeating shit that they've heard and that's been beaten yep. into them. This mm-hmm. kid's obviously he's he's got an employment complex. Someone's really racist in his family, right? Yeah. And he gets the shit beat out of him every day. Yeah. That shit's beat into him. Yep. That the Jews and blacks and dykes and uh ev- Polacks they're all the problem when you know because that's what's so great about this team. It's not just funny and diverse or whatever. It's like, um, huh? what's the word? It's like a slice of, um, slice, slice of life. Yeah, not no. It's like a, you know, an example of all of the different people in the country at the time. Okay, uh, yeah. I can't think of the word, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it is perfect. Um, I love it. Like Engelberg. He, you know, I was I was the fat kid growing up, so I associated with Engelberg. He's always last when they got to run around the bases. He's always fucking eating chocolate bars. But you know what? But you know what? That fucking kid could hit a baseball and I sure couldn't. So, you know, that's, you know, that's again, that was cool. He wasn't just a fat kid who sucked at sports because that's why Rudy had to keep fucking taking the beans because Engelberg's knocking him out of the park. So we got to get him on, on base, you know, with the bases loaded type of thing. So every kid had a purpose. Every kid was great. And it was wonderful. Like I said, you know, before we went back to talking about Tanner, Lupus was great. He's this little kid. He says like three lines in the whole fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And he's this pathetic little kid. You just look at him. You're just, you, oh, you know what I mean? You know, look <laughs> at that little kid. You know, you want to, you want to give him a hug and it's not like super cheesy and, and, and stupid. Like you really feel sorry for this kid because since he doesn't talk so much, it's the body language. He's always got his shoulders slumped. He's always looking at his fucking shoes. And then again, when he makes the, the catch, you feel happy with him. You want to throw your baseball glove up in the air like one of the like Jose Aguilar or whatever the kid, the other the other brother's name. Because when he catches that ball, everyone celebrates with him. Yeah. Like, the game's still fucking going on. You know, no one cares though, because you know. Little loser Lupus did something right because we've already seen how shitty he is. He throws the ball like two inches and he picks it up and he throws it again and hits two more inches. This kid is pathetic. <laughs> but the thing is the way they built it up when he caught that ball, you're like, that is literally a feel good moment of cinema yeah. in this movie about, you know, some drunk who is, uh, you know, the coach of some you know team of asshole kids that, is a literal feel-good moment. It's not smulchy. It's not over the top. It's not stupid. You're like, you you, you want to pump your fist. You know what I mean? It's like we were watching when, like when we were watching Back to the Future, and uh, total total tangent. First time we uh, had uh, our daughter watch Back to the Future, and she's like she's now getting into movies, and she knows she she's old enough where she can pay attention to the plot. She knows what's gonna happen. And this is one of my favorite memories of my daughter ever when it comes to movies. Marty's disappearing at the, at the, at the dance. And she knows George has got to kiss Lorraine. And once they kiss you, my daughter, just, you see her fist go like this. Like she's sitting, I just see her profile and she's watching TV and her fist clenched and she just goes, yes. You know, it's a feel good moment. You want to clench your fist and just whisper yes. When lupus catches that ball. And that is great. I, I I might be overselling it, but I think it really is a great moment in cinema. Definitely, no, it's it's an yeah. epic moment. 
yeah. I think. Uh, in this, uh, it's to them, it's ep- more epic than in Back to the Future, which is literally epic because it's like earth shattering. No, that's a great memory. I love all that. I like how they. I've always wondered what happened to this kid because they the way they write him out of part two. You know, hey, it's like, like yeah, he's, kinda, he's like a broken leg and they're like, well, well, we're going to win for you. And they, they see him off at the beginning and he's not in the movie anymore. I was like, but I, he's writing letters to him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I always wondered, did he have cancer or something? I hope he survived. And he, he, he's gone from just being Timmy Lupus to the looper. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, you know, I think we, we, we've talked a lot about bad news bears, but let's get to the final game when we end this because yeah i see what christopher says christopher gupton says bad news bears and nightmare on elm street that's rough it's like going from prime rib to potted meat okay fucker (laughs) we'll get there we'll get there maybe i'll take your name out of the contest shut up now here we go this last game is at least probably 15 minutes long you think yeah it's so good you the way it's filmed you really are on (laughs) it On the edge of your seat. It's a fucking kids movie for the most part. Until you get to the part where Vic Morrow slaps the shit out of his kid. That's deep stuff because you. Oh, that is the end, isn't it? Yeah, that that happens at the end because remember, I I, think I forgot. I I forgot that was the end. I thought that was halfway, like one of the the previous championship game. It's the last game. It's the last game because what happens is remember um uh. Rudy, the kid with the Jufro, mm-hmm. he he's already getting beamed all the time. And Vic Morrow knows his son, who who's the pitcher, if you guys don't know. Um, he fucking hates Engelberg. Because, you know, Engelberg's always flipping him off when he's at, you know, at bat and stuff like that. And um, I'm sure, you know, the kid was like, you know, that fat-ass Engelberg, I hate him. So he probably is bitching to dad at home about him. So dad knows he hates him. And then I don't think he meant to bean him at all. I don't think it was on purpose, but dad does. And dad just go, he, he goes in the mount and in front of everybody, just, you know, kid saying, I didn't mean to, it was an accident. He just falls, slaps the shit out of the kid. And I think he knocks him down his ass. Yeah. And it's in front of everybody. And we'll go back. And then you see Buttermaker staring at it. And that, I think that triggers just like me throwing the beer can at Amanda or the whatever. And um, I love how the pitcher gets his revenge. I think Engelberg hits like a bunt or something like that. And the, the, the catcher or the pitcher picks it up and he just fucking holds it. And he's just throwing the ball in his glove. And he lets Engelberg, I don't know if Engelberg scores a home run or not, but he yeah. lets him get fucking far. Yeah, he does. And that's a great fuck you to his dad. But he doesn't just do that. He walks to his dad. Yeah, it is a home run because afterwards he walks to his dad and he just drops the ball in front of him it's and he goes in- home. Infield home run. Yeah. And again, the way it's shot is just so good. It's devastating. Because it, it's it's over. It's not it's the straw that broke the camel's back. That uh, slap, it's like it's not just it didn't just trigger him. That kid's done with taking shit yeah. from Vic Morrow. Like he's yeah. done with everything. He's done with baseball. He's done with him. And like when he's when the hot ass mom is walking yeah, away with him. I have never seen pants that tight on a woman. Since fucking 1976 in Bad News Bears. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. And Vic Murrow's watching, and he just knows he's <laughs> fucked. He yeah. thought, he's like really crossed the line. 
Yeah. And maybe it got through to him a little too. You know. I think so. Because he realized, okay, you know, maybe maybe I'm taking this fucking game too seriously. But not really because well, it gets through to Walter Matthau, obviously, because he starts yeah. letting them have fun. It's not about winning. But at the end, spoiler alert, the Bears do not win this game. They actually no. lose. When the just imagine being in the theater, everyone thought, mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie's a little weird. It's a little dramatic, serious. Mm-hmm. But they're still going to win, right? Like, they have to win. This is America. Right. We win. Right. And they don't and win. And the, the whole point about how I don't think Murrow really learned his lesson is because he goes right into his same old shtick about, you know, let's cheer oh, for them. And... When he when he takes his hat off, when, I've always hated when, when Little League does that. Who do we appreciate? The losing team? No, oh, we fuck don't have you. that. Yeah, you know, that's so fucking, you know, demeaning. But the look... That 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 ha ha fuck you we still won look Vic Merrill gives when he takes his hat off to to, to Buttermaker you're right he didn't learn his lesson no. he got his goddamn trophy and what I like is again you know it's intense you really think Kelly's gonna make it and he's out at at home plate and all the the you know what's it, the cliche the wind is out of their sails they're like oh fuck we just lost we were this close and. It's still a great ending. It's like Rocky. Rocky doesn't win in Rocky one. He it's, wins in Rocky two. It's better than Rocky. Um, honestly, I'm we're gonna talk about Rocky eventually. I'm very yeah. big Rocky fan. It's better mm-hmm. than Rocky. It's way better than Rocky. This ending, oh, yeah. not only do they lose, like I didn't want to step on your toes when we were talking about the ending. There's just no way I could make that point without saying they lost. Yeah, go ahead. Jake Murrow. But let's get to the meat of what actually happens when they lose. Mm-hmm. But when I played little league and stuff and we didn't have that cheering for the other team thing, we lot, you line up and you walk towards the other team and you shake hands with them. That was, I've it. Seen that you too. say good game. Mm-hmm. And if you, if they were like respectable, the other team, they didn't smirk or say anything. Fuck. You know, they were just like for real. They're like good game. I, so we didn't have that cheering. I wouldn't be able to handle that. Did you have that as a kid? We, we had that. It depends, you know, because uh, we, I've seen, because I had cousins play for different leagues, we had both uh, the good game handshake and then we had the stupid, you know, fuck you cheer. You know what I mean? Like you said, I, the handshake is great. Whether you mean it or not, shake the fucking hands. Yeah. But that just, who That's do we appreciate? Yeah. Who do we appreciate the Bears? No, we didn't. You guys fucking sucked. We, we beat you. Now we're going to rub it in your face. That's how I always took that. Well, let's talk about the, the specific ending. The Bears have lost mm-hmm. to the Yankees, to the assholes. They've lost yep. the game, but they've all learned and and individually in one way or another that it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Because they came right. together, they learned this lesson or whatever. And then what makes this better than Rocky, I think, is that Buttermaker starts passing out beers to them, to the little yeah. kids. Little kids. They're... It doesn't matter if they lost because they're still winners. They they start pounding beers and squirting beer on the other team, and fucking Tanner tells them to go fuck themselves. We're gonna get you next year. And he throws the trophy at them. Yes, it's absolutely one of the best ever. And I, what's great is Tanner learned how to throw something by the end of the movie. It just <laughs> had to be a fucking trophy. Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah, and then what's great is because you know you know they lost, and the the guy who I think hired Buttermaker is making Buttermaker be the coach. He's like, hey, fill out with the beers, and you know Buttermaker just gives him you know this fuck you look as he hands you know you know one of the Mexicans a red stripe or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's great. You're like you, everybody's drinking. Like even like the little 
what do you call them? The extras, you know, the little redheaded kid who doesn't say a fucking thing in the movie, but he's on screen chugging a beer. And what's great is because it's 1976 and parents didn't give two flying shits. The parents are holding their kids while they're chugging beers and celebrating. And that is what makes this such a fun ending. Not because it's underage drinking or whoever wants to fucking look at it like that. Like that. It's just fun. These kids have accepted themselves. They have matured a lot from the beginning of this fucking movie. They have the confidence and they, they, they went out winners in their mind, even though they lost and they told the the Yankees to go fuck themselves. You know what I mean? Oh, right, right. I'm looking it up because I, I forgot the exact, I thought he, I thought he told him to go fuck yourself. He says, Tanner says, Hey Yankees, you can take your apology and this trophy and shove it straight up your ass. Yeah, like yeah, amazing. You know, uh, you know. Before we before we get to uh, (laughs) any other movie, do you want to mention um, the sequels or the remake in any other way? Because I do think Breaking Training is really good. Oh yeah, I, I, we have to talk about Breaking Training just for a second. In that, one one second. What's that? Yeah, we're gonna get into we're gonna talk about that remake with the sequel. So, um, go ahead, friends. You, uh, uh, I think Breaking Training, even though it's a hell of a lot more goofy, yeah, it's still really good because it's still got that. Again, it's got the adult stuff with with Kelly Leak and his estranged father, and I don't know who the fuck plays his dad. But he's really good in this. William Devane, and he, and he does. You know, he's an asshole. I mean, well, we don't really know. Excuse me. If he ditched Kelly and his mom, we really don't know that. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. You just kind of assume that they he went his own way. Okay. You don't know if they ditch. I'm assuming he probably sent her money. What's it called? Child, uh, child support. support. Yeah. But by the end of it, you know he's not an asshole because he's actually right. kind of an amazing father who's trying, legitimately trying he's to make trying up. Yeah. He's trying to make up for what he he passed on. He, mm-hmm. he passed up. I, I don't I don't I'm not I'm not 100 percent familiar with him. Um, I can't remember a lot of movies that he's in offhand, but he's so good in this. William Devane. Yeah. He looks like the kind of actor that Quentin Tarantino would be obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Like, try to give him a comeback or something. I have no idea who this is, um, but he's fucking fantastic in this movie. Yeah. And that's the whole and, crux of breaking training for me is that relationship. Yep. That's and, true. I mean, Tanner's still an asshole. Engelberg, you know, they got some different characters. Engelberg's a different actor, but he's still, you know, the fat kid because, you know, the, he's eating Kentucky Fried Chicken on the toilet. You know, he's still the Amazing. food obsessed. That's one of the best scenes. <laughs> Ahmed still is still great. You know, Lupus, like I said, we don't know if he's dying of cancer or whatever. It is. He's like the little kid, you know, that, you know, that Babe Ruth is going to hit the home run for. But then you have this new little shit who is a shitty pitcher because he's trying to be like all these other pitchers that, you know, he idolizes and then William Devane's just like, Hey, quit being a dick, you know, just throw like you like you want to throw. Yeah. And it works. He's not ex- because they lost Tatum O'Neill, he's not exactly Tatum O'Neill. Right. He's kind of this like little um what would you call him? He, he's you know, uh I don't know. He's a replacement somehow for that character in a different way. Right. You know what I mean? And he, again, the kids are fine. They're great. Um, it's just it's just, I think, you know, without Walter and Tatum, it, it's, I don't want to say a fall from grace. It's just not as good, but it mm-hmm. is really good. I do think if people love 
the the original Bad News Bears, they do need to give breaking training a second shot. That's a whole different beast. It's not a serious. I mean, they're serious moments, but it's a goofy kind of road movie. Oh, it's a road so trip movie. Fun. When they hire the the drunken guy with like Alzheimer's to pretend to be their coach, that's sending them on the road trip oh, to, to so trick sad. the parents. That's the. I was going to say that earlier. Were we talking about sad moments? Uh huh. That's probably out of all these movies, including the first one. That's the saddest. People laugh, and I, I like you're an asshole for laughing. And he's <laughs> well, like, I'm an asshole. He's like, hello, <laughs> goodbye, nice to meet you. And they're so that's all, all driving. All yeah, because he's like, uh, you know, what country is he from? Oh, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I didn't know if he was a foreigner or anything. I just, oh. I just thought he was a drunken guy with Alzheimer's or something. Yeah, he's got Alzheimer's. So he doesn't. That's all they treat him out to say. But everyone's driving away. Yeah, and he's just the poor guy. They couldn't even bring him along. Yeah, I, he's I, just there on the curb. It, it's so sad. No, I understand. You're not an asshole. I'm just saying. I don't. I, I can't. Don't. La- I cannot laugh at that. It's too sad. But everyone around me is laughing at this old man. It's fucking great. <laughs> and I like the whole the whole montage with the kids lying to the parents. Yeah. About the coach and how much money they're going to need. And it's so great because the Mexicans are like, uh, the fat kid is um, Engelbert's like, uh, you know, hundred dollars for yeah. food, and then he gets to the Mexicans, they're like five dollars for both of us <laughs> it's so good but um and then then there's the third one where they go to japan i hated that movie it's i awful. thought it was other than the fact with other than me as a wrestling fan other than when they fight antonio Inoki, antonio Inoki's beating up their new coach they got a third fucking coach this time i don't remember why they fight antonio Inoki. he's beating the shit out of the kids he's throwing them around that part's fun, but the rest of the movie is just so goddamn boring. Yeah, I still hate it. It's I wouldn't yeah. even. It just comes in the triple pack. It's probably the yeah. only reason I I would ever watch it again. Yeah, Jackie Earl Haley. Even he says it's like the worst movie he's been in. He's been in one of the Maniac Cop movies, so that says something. So, um, and then the remake. The remake I saw in theaters was okay. Billy Bob Thornton's just doing a PG thirteen version of Bad Santa. You got a kid in the wheelchair. That's it. Yeah, I don't hate it. I don't like it. It just exists to me. I'm I'm a pretty big Richard Linklater fan, the the director, and I think it's probably not his finest hour. Maybe should have left that one alone. Uh, Not that he just had nothing to contribute to it. He just kind of it just draws out some of the. I don't care about the Chico bail bondsman stuff. Like that's a all these little things in the original that are a joke. Right, mm-hmm. he ha- he has to extrapolate on that stuff because right. that's you're ruining the mystery and all this stuff, and it's just like it doesn't work. I, I thought it was a disaster. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll I never watch it. that. Why would I ever watch it again? I didn't you know? hate it, but like I said, it, it just exists. I mean, yeah. it's just I don't, it, I don't it's, hate it. It's just completely pointless. It's like yeah, and by that point, I mean, baseball was totally dead anyway, so it has mm-hmm. no relevance at all. Right. Christopher Gupton said he never he didn't even know the third one exists. Yeah, it's just it's literally just called the Bad News Bears goes to Japan. They oh, go yeah. to Japan, fight some Japanese team, some baseball team. Kelly Leak falls in love. They get beat up by Antonio Inoki at the end. It should have been it. awesome. It's not I mean, it it should have been like which what's the Toxic Avenger? Is it two or three where he goes to Japan? That's part two. It should have been like that. It should have been more about that, like their interaction with the Japanese culture and that sort of thing. Yeah. There's a little bit of it in the movie, mm-hmm. but one's like the work of, you know, I'm not going to say genius. It's really, I think right. the Tiger Ranger 2 is really good mm-hmm. and they're actually trying to make something interesting. And the, the 
Breaking, I mean, uh, Bad News Bears 3 is just literally a cash it's grab. Awful. It's awful. It's an awful it's cash grab. Awesome. It's I like, had to watch it four times to get through the entire movie. Mm. That's crazy. And I was drunk, too. And you know, when you're drunk, you watch whatever the fuck. You know, everything is better when you're drunk. This was tough. So, but with that, I got to say, Bad News Bears, like, I absolutely love this movie, not just as a baseball movie, but just as a movie in general. I think you stated it's one of your favorite baseball movies. Top five. Top five. So Definitely. with that, we, we if, you, if you're in the chat and you haven't fucking seen or you're listening, you haven't seen Bad News Bears, what the fuck is your problem? Seriously. You know, watch that film. Now, uh, it's going to be contest time, I think, Frenzy. Ooh, you know, we, we, we said it last week. Um, you want to go ahead and say what the gifts are, what the prizes are real quick before we do our little drawing? No, you go ahead and do that because I have to take a quick break. So you're in charge okay. of all of this. You tell them, set them up, all that stuff. I got to refill my coffee. I'll be right back. All right. While he's doing that, um, I believe Frenzy said you're going to get a, a free Zaps pint glass, a free Zaps t-shirt. If there's anything else he said that goes in the box, I don't fucking remember, but you're at least going to get that. So um, what we did is, what we said is, um, you in the last episode, you had to write in the comments on the last video your favorite uh, flavor, flavor of Zaps, because Zaps is the unofficial official sponsor of the podcast. Doesn't matter if it was a real flavor or not. You just had to follow the fucking rules. And that's one thing that I, I, I'm a stickler on, like with all these internet giveaways, especially on YouTube, follow the fucking rules. If I say comment somewhere on the Facebook page, comment on the Facebook page, not the YouTube channel. We had five entries that did it right. Um, what I did is I got one of Rachel's little baggies and I have, uh, no, I, I got it. Oh, well, if you want to, you, I mean, you're doing, you can do your fucking job being a producer. <laughs> you do work. Um, I have uh, the five entries written on post-it notes. Everybody got two entries. And what I am going to do, I'm going to fold this up. I'm going to put it in a little baggie. Rachel will shake it, and then she will put it in front of me, and then I will draw. The last name in the bag will be the winner of the pint glass from Zaps, the T-shirt from Zaps, and I don't remember if they're – oh, did I forget one of them? Yeah, I okay. All right. See, you are doing your job. I work. And the, the last name, the last person standing will get whatever frenzy, you know, has in the box. So we have um, two entries for Bronco Juggalo. Well, that's upside down. <laughs> Bronco Juggalo Talks Movies. I'm going to fold. So I will fold this in the bag. So Bronco Juggalo is entered. We have two for Christopher Gupton, who is in the chat tonight. Two for Chris. One. You probably smell my whiskey. We have two for super fan Jennifer Tochi. She's going in the bag. Oh, if it smells like a candle, it's definitely not my whiskey. We have two for. Right, see, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't know if I'm going to do the Buddha Peak. We have two for Jamie and Ann's variety of videos. Jamie is a longtime subscriber to the Hey Internet Eric here channel. Um, really good friend of mine, um, a fun YouTuber. And then 
as always, of course, the first person to fucking enter was Superfan Mel. So she's going in the bag. Those were our five entries. You know what I'm going to do? I will zip this up. Well, I'll zip it up. I'll shake it. And then I'll move it around. And What's twist everything shirt? around. What's on my shirt? It's a gremlin. Is it the Thank ears? God. Oh, okay. Now I can say. I was like, why is it here? Everything, everything is mixed around, turned upside down. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to have Rachel pick. So if there's any arguments over who wins or loses, it will be the producer's fault. If anyone thinks it's fixed. So now the problem is while I was folding these up and stuffing them in here, I realized my dumb, my dumb ass put them on post-it notes and they're all sticking together. <laughs> so Rachel's going to have to try to step, make sure they're separated when you pull one out. Okay. okay. I'm not looking, but make sure you pull only out, pull only one out. Come on. And your keep. Okay. Bronco Juggle talks movies. He's down one entry. All right. Reach around. Oh, yeah. The last person standing is going to be the last name inside will be the winner. Oh, okay. I know I fucked up, didn't I? Come on. Go ahead. Don't look. I'm not looking. And, and Rachel doesn't know who any of these people are other than Jennifer and Mel, so there is no favoritism she sees. Jamie and Ann's variety of videos. What do we got? Oh, this one. Oh, yeah, this one was easy. I didn't fuck that one up. Jennifer Tochi. We still got. What do we got? I know, I really fucked up, didn't I? This is good podcasting, isn't it? Oh, I'm sorry. For once, Frenzy, Jennifer Tochi is not winning. Wow. Which, you know what? I love her to death. She always wins. She understands. She'll be in Jennifer. You'll be getting something in the mail soon. Don't worry anyway. So, Mel. She's still in? Mm-hmm. Okay. Good thing you're paying attention. All right. What do we got? Christopher Gupton. I think everybody's still in, I think, except for sadly Jennifer. And now Mel's gone. No, Bronco has, still has one left. So Jennifer and Mel, the two super fans, are no longer in the running. And neither is Jamie and Ann's variety of videos. How many we got left? Two? I think one, two. Is there only two left? All right. So, okay. So whoever this is, is the eliminated person. Bronco Juggalo Talks Movies is not the winner. So the winner is just make sure there's only one left before I look. Okay. So that means the winner of the pint glass t-shirt and anything else frenzy can fit in the box is christopher gupton christopher oh, gupton he is a to my knowledge a newer person in the chat compared to everyone else congratulations christopher um the thing is i don't know how to get a hold of you on social media because to my knowledge you don't have facebook or twitter or instagram you find a way to get a hold of us on social media you'll have a week to do so you're in the chat, so you know you won. There's no fucking excuses. 
And I'll tell you what, you have a week to do so. Contact us somehow so we can get your address and we'll mail you your gift. So congratulations to Christopher. Uh, thank you to everyone who participated. We had five entries and that was four more than I expected. The only one I expected to enter was, was Jennifer. So congratulations. That was a lot of fun. And um, we like to actually reward people for coming back to this show. So there you go. Congrats, Christopher. Now, we just had some fun, right, Frenzy? Mm-hmm. You're ready for a... You ready to, to yell at me and scream at me? Because now we went from one Jackie Earl Haley movie to another. To the ultimate Jackie Earl Haley movie. The ultimate Jackie Earl Haley movie, and it's not Watchmen because that movie is fucking boring. I, we, I am happy to discuss, and the reason why it's on this list is because other than the Leprechaun movies, which was a total troll to Frenzy, I picked these movies for the conversation. And Frenzy picked this one because he just doesn't want to fucking talk about it. He wanted to get it over with. Um, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake from 2010. See, Frenzy's got to blow his nose because it's making him sick already talking about it. Um, Nightwatch is on in the chat. He knows I'm pretty much the only torchbearer for this film. So everyone else fucking hates it because it's a remake. Okay, Frenzy. No. Not remake. <laughs> you always say right. that. Well, the majority of people hated it before it I came out. I think that's just coincidence. You think it is? It doesn't matter what the majority of people say. The real reason most people hate it is because it's terrible. No. Okay. It's First absolutely off. terrible. This might be the worst movie I've ever been forced to discuss on the show. Oh, bullshit. Yes, it is. Well, okay, well, now, you know what? He never. We haven't talked troll two on this. Worse than worse than black. Worse worse than the leprechaun films. Well, not the not return. Don't go that far now. Yeah. See. All right. Then watch your fucking mouth. Don't go that far. Here's the thing. Okay, you'll just say one of the worst. No, I'll definitely. But you know, I'll watch a leprechaun. I'll watch a leprechaun movie any day of the week over this. Okay. What's really worse? Warwick Davis, or I would watch. No, and you know how much I hate Warwick Davis Leprechaun movies. I would definitely watch any of those over this any day of the week. Really? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. You know, even Christopher, you know, motherfucker, you know, just won a goddamn pint glass and a t-shirt. Now he says, now my happiness is squandered by this terrible movie shit. Okay, fuck you. Here's the thing. (laughs) Your 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 package was lost in the mail. Okay. Here's the thing. First off. I'm a huge fan of this movie. I was I, I said it before. I was on uh, Nightwatch's own, you know, our last Deadly Venom stream. He told me to rank the remake, Freddy's Dead, and Halloween 2018. And I put the remake above those other two films. And one of the main reasons why, other than the fact that I've said how much I didn't like Halloween 2018 ad nauseum, is Freddy's evil again. And I, you know, there are so many people who say who are upset because they made Freddy a fucking pedophile. I don't care. I don't care. As bad as this sounds, you know, air quotes, I'm doing it, you know, for the video, making him a pedophile is one of the most evil things you can do. If you're not murdering children, you're sexually abusing them. Okay. As a father, that's one of the worst things that I could ever imagine having to my kid. And it's good that Freddy is an 
evil being again because Night- new nightmare doesn't count because if you watch new nightmare and you understand the story that's not technically freddy so here freddy is fucking scary again he's not fucking bugs bunny making people dance or you know jump around and bounce up the fucking stairs playing with the power glove or he's not pushing um spikes on the floor or on the ground as someone falls on him as much as i love nightmare on Elm street five he's not riding a goddamn skateboard or he isn't he isn't mainstream he isn't a joke and we if freddie needed to be scared because honestly yeah that was he was she was saying that to jason not even scary but he in my opinion or maybe she said i don't know i don't want to talk about freddie versus jason yeah, let's not talk about Freddy versus Jason because I'm talking about a movie I like. What was needed is Freddy is now, he's no longer a caricature of what he was. Because the only time, in my opinion, the only time, yeah, you, you're holding your breath, the only time Freddy's ever scary was the first two movies. Now people shit on part two because it's the gay one. I don't fucking care how gay that movie is with Jesse's butt bumps, you know, on his dress or anything. Freddy is scary. The last time that man was truly scary man ghost whatever the fuck you want to call it now he's scary again and he needed to be because i thought after part three even though i love part five motherfucker outwore his welcome because when he's on mtv at you know spring break or he has his own goddamn 900 hotline he is no longer what wes craven created and the thing is like you know Again, well, we'll give Nightwatch a little plug. You know, he recently reviewed on, um, I don't know if it was the new channel or not, uh, the, the the remake. And um, that's, what I was, that's what I told him. I said, Freddie needed to be scary again because of the puns, the jokes, which he still has here. But you needed to fear him. You needed to hate this character. You don't, you shouldn't be cheering Freddie. You weren't cheering him in the original one. Okay, you were cheering the kids. And I know you're just rolling your eyes and you know, you know, fighting back the bile, you know, in your throat right now. But I think that is one of the main reasons why I really enjoyed this because I got fucking annoyed with Freddy. I got tired of everything Freddy Krueger related after Freddy's Dead came out. And that is one of the reasons, like I said, why I love this. I won't say love, but I really enjoy this film i think it's one of the better horror remakes to come out in a long time because you have the fog you have um you're insane they're all horrible this one's this one's one of the worst okay let me let me start this with the fact that i gotta calm myself down here just remember what i we started the show for i'm not on here to fight with you about terrible movies let me just preface this with i don't really care i gotta remind myself I don't really care that much. Mm-hmm. This isn't the end of the world. But I'm going, to I'm going to disagree with every single fucking thing you have to say and that you've been saying since I met you and even before right. that. Because you, okay. this is not news to me. And I don't know who's listening to the show right now that's news to them because you've said these things a thousand times. No, I have. Multiple podcasts and videos. And I think you're wrong. Like dead wrong. See, this is the first time we've ever talked face to face about this. But go oh, ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm just saying. I don't really care, so I don't want to get too upset about this. But no, like, it's that, just it's just conversation frenzy. It's okay. The first thing you need to do 
when you're making okay. a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you want to make Freddy scary again, your movie has to be scary. Uh, reality check: this movie's not fucking scary. Freddy, like, we'll just get like. Let me start even further than that. Let's go even okay. deeper. Not only is this movie not scary, which it's uh-huh. not, yeah. it's horrible. But let's start with Robert England, Freddy Krueger, because I've heard you say this a thousand times too. Uh-huh. All the fucking horror fans said Freddy Krueger's only Robert England. No one ever could replace him. Here's how this works, okay? It's like King of the Hill. Whoever's on top. No, not the show. What? You have a okay. problem with the show? Oh, I fucking hate King of the Hill. Oh, no. It's amazing. Jesus. Well, that's a whole different thing, too. I hate that show. No, anyway, the, that's another concept podcast. of King of the Hill. Okay. This is how like iconic characters work in society. Mm-hmm. Very sim- It's exactly the same thing with Batman and the Joker. Okay. You've probably heard this before, but it's absolutely true. Oh, go ahead and say Before it. the Dark Knight came out, mm-hmm. right? The Joker was Jack Nicholson. That was mm-hmm. it. There was it was not open for discussion. That's all we knew, right? Mm-hmm. Heath Ledger comes along in this movie that I I think is a horrible movie. I think The Dark Knight's a bad film, mm-hmm. but his performance it's great. Kind of kind of knocked Jack Nicholson off the the, mm-hmm. the heap. He's no longer yeah. the Joker anymore. He's still the Joker to old people, and that right. the ones that are, are in denial and all these things and can't accept change or whatever. I still think the Burton movie's better, but he delivered a version of this character mm-hmm. that was better. If, if it was just as good, if not better, mm-hmm. that is the same exact principle I'm talking about with Freddy Krueger. It has nothing to do with neckbeard nerd losers online <laughs> preaching when they announced this movie. No one could ever be yeah. Freddy. There's only one Freddy. All none of that means anything to me, because what it comes right. down to is that Jackie Earl Haley's portrayal is not as good. It's not even as close. It's not even close, and he brought nothing to it. This is where we need to start, because I think okay. he, I love Jackie Earl Haley, and it pains me to have mm-hmm. to talk about this movie over Breaking Away, which is the one I wanted to pick, which is mm-hmm. absolutely one of the best movies ever that I actually like and. He's really amazing in that. So we got to talk oh, about you this. Mentioned it before now. Kind of got to get this out of the way. But I don't think Jackie Earl Haley in any way, we can just start mm-hmm. here because it's a great starting point, brought yeah. anything new to the table. And I still say it's not all his fault, but at the same time, it kind of is because he signed on to this piece of shit movie that he should he could read. It's in black and white, the script. He should have known better. He should have known that he was signing on to something horrible. And that there was there was zero chance of him being able to do anything in the realm of what Robert England did or what Heath Ledger did with the Joker or anything like that. We're talking about a fucking horrible looking CGI nightmare. If the movie was supposed to be meta, then it nailed that because that's what it is. This movie is literally a nightmare for people that like movies. Honestly. <laughs> but let's start you, with Jackie Earl Haley. He's fucking, he is horrible in this movie. It has oh, nothing. Disagree. No, he's horrible. No, no he is. Yes, no. I think he's. No, I can. Sh- I'll shit. I can shit on the teams. You know, a lot of them suck, but I think Jackie is a great. A lot of that. them. All of them suck. Oh no, no, no. Okay, fine. Whatever. No, no. What's your face? The blonde, the blonde bitch from um, David Cassidy's daughter. She was fine. Katie no, Cassidy. She, she was wasn't. fine. She was boring uh, as shit. She had no character. She had no personality. These teenagers. Yeah, okay. 
they're not even given a chance to be teenagers like right uh, out the gate none of them are friends like they're they're kind of like we don't know what their relationships are the movie starts as, as a fucking convoluted train wreck of mm-hmm. nonsense and it ends the same way okay. i can't wait to okay. let's get into it let's talk about it none of no, it no, makes no. any sense but there's no character you're saying that you're saying that chris is a character how is she a I... character how is she well i I just you, you said they all suck i liked her i liked she was she was likable i liked um how she's how always is chris a character give me characteristics that make her a character Oh, she character. You know, I don't really care. You know, if they're characters in a fucking horror movie. Yeah. Look at the. There really aren't any well, characters the character determines in my opinion. If they're likable or not. Not if they're just hot and crying the whole time with their tits out. Oh, is she unlikable? Because she has no character. She's an empty vessel like everyone else in this movie. What do you mean? That's the number one reason that people like don't like other people is because they either think they're boring or there's nothing to them. They're well, not, I don't. Oh, I don't see how. They went the opposite route of Friday the 13th, which is the same piece of shits that made that Mm -hmm. movie, made this. Mm -hmm. They said instead of doing caricatures that people are going to hate, we'll just do empty vessels that are beautiful. What's the difference at the end of the day? They're both extremes that suck. I thought she was fine. And she, that's, that's the thing with me. I, I, if she's not, it's not like these Freddy versus Jason fuckers where every time they're on the screen, I want to leave the room. Yes. She was fine in her performance. She wasn't horrible. I was fine. Jackie O'Hilly too. He's fine. He did the best that he could. He's fine. But see, that's the thing is, you know, you you say you know she's all on like, okay, I'll give you what. Runa Mary sucked. She looked like she was sleeping the whole time. Yeah, yes. sure, she's supposed to be sleep deprived, but she she sucked. But you know she what? Like, Heather Heather Langenkamp, everyone fucking sucks her dick. You know, she sucks in part three. She looked sleep deprived. And yeah. Rooney Mara did not look sleep deprived. She looked boring as shit. Let's just be honest. She didn't look. Okay. She looked uh, like life deprived because she's like uh, just this soulless, empty, nothing like everyone else in this movie. And we have no idea who they are, or they're not even friends. They're just like they're all losers that kind of know each other. It's like yeah. who can relate to this movie except for fucking psychotic people, like losers you- that. But do, you, do you go like honestly just just you know, as frenzy you know you know alexander friends do you go into a nightmare on elm street 2010 wanting to, or hoping to relate you know yes we're both I want almost to, 40 we're I, both almost 40 you I go into this movie wanting like. to relate to these people well anyone can do that that's just called good writing you want to be able to vicariously live mm-hmm. as you want to get a little slice of life like what what is it like to be a teenager now in 2010 this is not what know. it's like. Well, even if you did, which you should, because you you know younger people, you've got a kid, you can you know some you know a little bit more than you're putting on. I know that this is not what teenagers are like in 2010. They're not this fucking boring. I hope God, I hope to God they're not. Well, you know more teen, you know more teenagers in 2010 than I do. You don't have any friends that have kids, or you don't have any nieces or nephews, or no, you don't interact. With- <laughs> not not that not no teenagers or anything that age. We don't. Our nephew, our nephew and niece, who live like two and a half hours away, that we see once every six months. Look, look. I don't really know them. We're, you know what I mean? We can talk about this, okay? Because yeah. what, what makes oh. great teenage, mm-hmm. like uh, it doesn't matter if it's a horror movie or a drama or a comedy, mm-hmm. like Breakfast Club or a John Hughes thing. I went and sure. saw like uh, years ago with my brother. We went and saw The Duff. You ever seen that movie? 
Never heard of it. The Duff. It's the designated ugly fat friend. They made a movie about it. It's great. It's a great little movie. About this ugly little dumpy chick who realizes in the movie, she ha- her best friend's a super hot girl. Okay. And she's like, wait a minute. Someone tells her she's a Duff and she looks it up and she has this profound thing, whatever. I went and saw that with my brother. In the Duff, theater. Like, the, like the Simpsons beer. D-U- uh, exactly. Duff. And I went and saw that. In the, it was like opening weekend with my little brother. And there was a bunch of other old people with their kids and daughters and grandkids. Everyone in the theater had this, you know, we have this shared experience of going to high school. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter okay. if Grease is your movie or West Side Story or fucking Clueless or Days of Confused. We all have this experience, a shared experience, which was pretty much really traumatic for most people, of going to high school. And you kind of bond in that moment. You know, you're watching the silly comedy and you can relate to all these things that are happening to the characters, even though we're not the same age, we're from different generations. Mm-hmm. This movie's not even at the, there's no school in this movie. It, it, there's, they're not a group of friends in school going through this traumatic experience. It's a group of losers that aren't connected. That aren't even mm-hmm. really going to school. It's like the movie. There's not. There's no levity in this movie whatsoever. There's no. There's not even a moment where we get to see teenagers not worried for a second, so that there's some contrast. Like, it. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's absolutely insane. The whole movie is this dreary, depressing, mm-hmm. boring nightmare. It opens with a funeral. Like we don't even. Have, there's never even a moment to to you know to take a breath. And to try to like see like life outside of this, and what's their day to day lives are like, I don't get mm-hmm. it. I absolutely do not get this movie. Um, you feel no better? No, it's just awful. It's just like <laughs> it's so bad. Okay, you know I, I, I'll, I'll give you that. You know you don't have to care about the characters. I thought, like I said, I thought um, Katie Cassidy she did just fine, and it's not she just didn't because do anything she didn't she do not, anything. Not, but she's in the. But she's fine. Amanda Weiss in the original movie, she wasn't that great either. No, she, she was compared she was to this. Compared to this, no, it's she's great. The and, opening... and you're now you're now you're comparing her to Katie Cassidy. Like you know, Katie Cassidy's no. the dumb. You know, Amanda Weiss is so good because she's against. No, you know, you know, the dumpy girl. You, have you know, all what? of this character built in to her in the film in a short amount of time because that person that movie was made by not a retard. There's a big difference. Like the literally, the movie opens with her in the nightmare, and then she uh-huh. wakes up to another nightmare. Her mom's this fucking drunk, crazy whore. She's in this weird. She loves the bad boy. They literally have yeah. sex in a movie. Imagine that. Imagine teenagers having sex in a movie. It's unheard of, now, especially in 2010 when this piece of shit was made. There's no sex in this movie. Remember when you were a teenager? What what's like the three most important things in your life? As a teenager? I mean, as I'm just assuming most guys, that's always on your mind. One of them for me was sex, right? That you're always yeah. thinking about sex. Mm-hmm. There's no yeah. sex in this movie. Because it's not, there's no characters. They're fucking alien zombies. <laughs> They're literal zombies. They're not real people. Rachel's asking, so what am main, I supposed Rachel's to relate to in this film? Well, Rachel's asking, so your main problem with this film is no sex? No, is that- I, that's my main problem with a lot of movies. <laughs> you're getting... no and like they don't show it in the original nightmare but i can relate right. to that the horn dog guy who you actually believe within the confines of the original 
yeah, they'll totally think he murdered her, right? They're, right. Yeah, everyone's going to think he did it. And then, and then when you get to this, they so desperately try. You would call them homages. I say it's the complete opposite. It's just hackney, regurgitated, lame-ass bullshit. Every mark that this movie tries to throw in as an homage to the original is so bad that it actually makes me mad. Like, I mean, I don't know how anyone could watch this and think that, let's just say the worst one, which it is, the worst of all time, is the 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 elastic wall scene, right? With Rooney. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that the CGI. That's the yeah. worst thing I've ever seen. Not like it's bad. Like, it's like worse than Scorpion King. This is like... Oh, how, oh. That, no, that, that, it that, is. It's really that oh, bad. Because... Near. Here's here's the difference. Right? Rock face and, and the Scorpion King. No, I'll or, explain why. The, here's the why it's two. worse. I can back this up. Why it's worse than Scorpion King is because um, you can't half Scorpion, half the Rock things don't exist. You can't replicate that. The only way to do that CG, you could try to make like a Mortal Kombat Goro thing. It's not going to work out either way. Guess mm-hmm. what? Forty years ago. They made uh, Freddy Krueger coming through a wall with, like, plastic. So, or, or a piece of fucking rubber. Get the fuck mm-hmm. out of here with that. The fact that that <laughs> made it into the movie, uh-huh. how is that an homage? It's a fuck you to anyone that had, like, how is it not a fuck you? It's the worst piece of CGI shit I've ever seen in a movie for this classic moment. And everyone's just like, ah, I see. It's not that bad. I've seen worse. It doesn't detract from the non-characters. The, the convoluted mess of a nightmare of a movie that doesn't make any sense. The fucking... Well, let's get to fucking Jackie Earl Haley eventually. That's what oh. I wanted to talk about first. Oh. His portrayal of the fucking retarded, gravelly Batman voice. Love uh, him. Not scary. Him. Not funny. All of his lines are just... Nope. Dead on delivery. Huh? Nope. I, I loved everything he says. I love... How creepy he is! I even just a little stupid, like you would say, fucking stupid lines. I love how he he just wanted to pet the dog. I love the little things, you know. Why are you screaming? I haven't even cut you yet. I love, you know what? You're talking about the shitty CGI. I love the scene where Chris is in her, um, Katie Cash, where she's in the classroom. Everyone turns to Ash while he's, you know, you know, you know, playing hide and seek on the, on the chalkboard or whatever. That stuff is really good. I love. I'll give you the the, the turn to Ash there. Okay, look. I'll give you that. That that's pretty good. Okay, but as okay. soon as it pans over to his dumbass at the at the chalkboard, it that that dissolves. It's gone. You don't like anything I hate it yet. No, I it's don't terrible. Give, everyone shits on everyone shits on his look. I like the look of him. You know how the first the first, the first is Jackie or Haley. He's already a unique looking guy. He looks like yeah. you know you ever, you ever see that movie with Lawrence Fishburne in the eighties, Rat Boy. He looks kind of like Rat Boy all grown up. You yeah. know what I mean? With the yeah. shaved head. So he's already going to look weird. I liked how, you know, they say it's a more realistic look of his burns. I liked it. I liked how he did the little finger twitch, his own little thing. I liked how he was basically burnt up Rorschach in this. The gravelly voice. I liked it a lot. I don't burnt care. Burnt up Batman. <laughs> Batman. I was thinking Rorschach. Yeah, well, he but, is Rorschach, but I think he's yeah, doing well, that's what the- I mean. He's doing the Batman thing. Like it's way dark, deeper and screamy. Oh, he, we don't want to go back to to to, to... not Horshack from Welcome Back, Cotter. <laughs> Rorschach, the guy from the Watchmen movie that we hated. Um, Here, look, back to Batman. Robert, hey, Englund. Go ahead. 
Robert, let's start one thing at a time, okay? Okay. There is no physicality to Jackie or Haley in this movie. There literally is none, okay? He literally appears on one end of the screen of the room. It's always it's exactly the same. He appears on the other end of the room. It's a two shot. Then it cuts to him. He says something stupid. Then starts <laughs> starts slowly walking towards them. Yeah. That's it. Now the little twinkle thing that you love so much because like, are you a cat or something? I don't understand. <laughs> Robert England did that already forty years ago. He did the twinkle knives thing with the fingers. He does that, but it's subtle and it's a it's one of many things in his wheelhouse. Of Freddy things. Is this, is There's this only Jackie Earl Haley only has one, and he does it too much because he doesn't do anything else. Literally, he does nothing else. He brings mm-hmm. nothing else to this character because I don't know if it's his fault or the guy who who made this or the writing or whatever. But the whole movie is just him appearing at the end of a room and then slowly walking towards them. He doesn't like right out of the gate. First of all, they're showing him, which is. Like, like right out of, like, I don't know if it's when the first five or ten minutes, you get a yeah, full view of how bad he looks. The original, per, the way they keep him in the shadows, it's so creepy, yeah. so perfect. And right out the gate, when, when you first meet him, not only in the nightmare, but in the half nightmare thing in the alley with, with Tina, building mm-hmm. up to the first death, Robert England's doing like five, six different types of physicality to that character. He's running weird with his arm out. He's doing a slunched over, like a lunched over, like hunchback thing. He's doing all these crazy different dancing things and bringing so much to this goddamn character, including the little twinkling <laughs> knives thing. So okay. to be so excited about this one thing that he's doing. I'm not that. I'm not saying I'm excited getting a boner and, and everything. No, I, once, I, when, I, when you pointed this out. Yeah. I had to rewatch this. It's like it's right. the thing where someone talks about it and then you can't stop seeing it. It's if you watch it now, anyone listening to this, it's so over the top nope. that no, the whole movie is him doing the shink 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 thing. It okay. is. It really is. It's absolutely right. it's actually insane how much he does it. And I got it at first, like that's going to be your thing, the way mm-hmm. you toy with him, but 2 hours later when he's done it a thousand times, I couldn't believe it. How many times we got one of these shake with that that noise of knives unfolding? And how many times did we get that in the other fucking movies too? In, though, yeah, in a pastiche, in a in a collage of hundreds of other little things. That's not okay. all. It's not just mm-hmm. gravelly voiced shushing, 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 and like yeah. and saying things that aren't creepy to me. Because look, we'll, we'll we got lots to talk about here. Oh, that's fine. I don't I got I don't, don't think a pedophilia is worse than murder because. No, 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 no. I didn't say it was worse. I said if you take away murder, that's the worst thing you can think of. Well, you take so your, you just don't take away murder. He's a murderer. So you take right. away, he's a serial killer. You take away the killing part. He's no longer a serial killer. It's not but like. He wasn't a killer. Right, right. And that's the thing. But he was, yes, he was originally going to be a pedophile. And Wes yeah. Craven didn't want to. Wanna, capitalize on that still going to kill people though he was going to be a pedophilic killer and the difference is right but the thing is in this movie they don't say he was a child killer they just you know they he he didn't kill any children right he was just a pedophile he's a pedophile that they try and this this will tie into something later because we got to go over all this okay the lamest twist plot point things i think in 
not just this movie or in in general here we go horror movies it's one of the lamest plot twists of all time is that that they're trying to oh god what is this fucking christopher nolan light like they're trying to convince people that he might be innocent man this monster freddy krueger might be innocent it's absolutely insulting and the the biggest crock of shit i've ever seen ever you're, you're crazy like how can you like that i thought it was a neat twist neat twist it's, yes it's, i it's, thought it was a neat twist and i didn't give a shit he might be innocent find... i try to apply that to any other monster movie think then, about how no, stupid that is no, and I don't care that you find out that he really did what he did. Oh, wow. Like, you couldn't have figured because that again, out. It's that Freddy Krueger. That, that made him an evil character again. He wasn't fucking making all these fucking puns where you just literally want but to leave the, the room. the movie, they're trying to convince you that there's a chance he wasn't a monster. You feel you realize how stupid that is? No. It's I don't ridiculous. realize how stupid that is. It is no, ridiculous. I don't, I don't see that it's at all. De- it's this desperation for things. It's... You want something different so bad. Just watch a different movie. Why does this have to be called Nightmare on Elm Street? It's not, it has nothing to do with it. Oh, for Christ's sake. Literally. Just watch a different movie. Why do they? Oh, I know why. Because they want to make money. Right. It's not scary. Sorry. It's fucking bullshit. It's not scary. Well, Freddy has, again, Freddy hasn't been scary since part two. I know. And, but they, they least, and this they is how you bring him back. Least, but they at least wanted to make him dark again. At least they fucking tried to do something. Something you say different. You know, look at me. I'm the fucking only torchbearer other than maybe you for fucking Jason. They did make something different. They made something badly different. No. 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 Jackie, Jackie, I think, is so good in this. Because, again, just, just like, again, what he says, I love how subtle he is with a lot of stuff he says. I love that scene. When, you know, what's his fuck? The guy who wears the eyeliner, he's trying to get, you know, his fucking prescription speed pills already yeah. uh, refilled. And um, Nancy walks in and you have her, the, she's, you got that great shot going down the aisle of the drugstore of him in the boiler room and then it coming back to the drugstore. He's scratching the sides of, you know, the, the boiler room. And then he's also clawing the, yes. I guess you see the medicine down. Look. And he. He falls and There's then two. he There's says, two Wake in the up. whole movie. That's one of them. Okay. And, you know, just, he just, you know, easily, just not easily said, but, you know, he, he lightly says, Wake up, you're bleeding. Yeah. I like that because he, why is he in the boiler room again? And why does he have a bladed glove? Explain that okay, to me. Dude. All right. He's in the boiler room because that's where he was set on fire. What? When he, when he, when he was alive, when, when Clancy Brown and, and what's your nuts? He you was know, set from on fire room. in a boiler room. Wherever I thought the they fuck had him in a warehouse. Whatever, it doesn't matter. The inside no. of a warehouse. There's no, metal no, it does matter. It does matter. No, it does. No, it does. It does because no, there's a reason why he has a glove with knives on it and his legs in the, the boiler room. Tool. Huh? Because of the gardening tool. No, because it's not because it's a gardening tool. No, that's not true. That's not true. Okay. So you're saying that the boiler room is in this movie because they set him on fire in a boiler room. Or wherever that fucking factory is. A, boi- okay. a factory has a boiler room separate from the factory in a little warehouse thing. That's real. I don't know. We only saw one part of the fucking factory that he went into because it's he just slammed the door. He, and then Clancy Brown goes I, all ape shit. And- I think the reality is 
that they uh-huh. don't have a reason in this movie because it doesn't make sense and it's just iconography that they had to shoehorn into this piece of shit. It doesn't okay. make any sense because the reason he's in the boiler room in the original, mm-hmm. that's to give you, without explaining the whole goddamn movie away, which they did in all the sequels, yeah. they don't explain anything in the first one. No, it, not it's, really. It's, it's the literally... One his lair is the boiler room, and they point it out with the other scene where she goes down into the boiler room of the school because uh-huh. you have to infer that as a fucking serial killer who only killed children because he's a he's a lust killer, that means he literally gets off uh-huh. to murdering people and children, which is way scarier than in this movie where he's a pedophile you think maybe. The whole boiler room thing is to connect uh-huh. the two together. Oh, he worked at the school. He was a janitor. Yes, they they did this in Scream or whatever. Uh-huh. They, they made a joke about that. Wes Craven's inside joke or whatever. But you're supposed to infer like, oh, he must be like a janitor at the school. And that's where he hunts. Like he picks out the, pe- the children he's going to kill. Uh-huh. Makes sense, right? And the scary thing about him is that he tortures them. With a glove that he constructed with knives mm-hmm. on it. That's mm-hmm. fucking horrifying. In this one, he doesn't kill anyone. There is no boiler room. It doesn't make any sense. He just has to have it because he's Freddy Krueger in name only. It doesn't he make any sense. He has a boiler room because that's where he was attacked by all these people. It's That's, no. that's the last place where that he was make any sense. there wouldn't be a boiler room it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense and look and you you're, you're, just, like you're just wrong no. and the thing you might about not that, like it no no but it makes sense it doesn't make sense and the gloves which is the symbol like his whole big thing the weapon that he uh-huh. kills with he doesn't uh-huh. kill people so he wouldn't have a weapon saying that he's a uh gardener doesn't make sense he tortures people with a glove and knives. In this right. movie, he's only wearing it because it's a reference to the original. And they didn't have a reason. They did, they don't have anything. They didn't even have, like, they, they could have at least shown, like, when the parents are trying to hide it from them, which mm-hmm. that's not a thing in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Hate to break right. it to everyone listening. All this right. whole mythos of the whole town got together and that didn't happen. That's never addressed in the original. I don't care about the sequels. So what makes it scary is because they don't give away the whole goddamn mystery. Go ahead. Keep talking. I'm going to get a drink. Go ahead. Keep ranting. I'll be back. Wait, what was I ranting about? Uh, The glove. The glove. Oh. Well, in this one, they could have at least, Uh if they weren't half retarded, had all the kids that went through this traumatic experience together, maybe he cut them, you know? Like, show it in some of the Polaroids or, or mention it. Oh, they <laughs> did show that because when they had a little flashback from Katie Cassidy, her yeah, dress. dress. That's it. She has some cuts There's on her dress. She doesn't, no, she, she doesn't have any scars or How do you know? You don't, Because there's no sex, you don't see her without her shirt. She might have scars. And then if she's that young, her parents, because, you know, they want to block this shit out. Might have said she got a car wreck or some bullshit stupid story oh, they have, that you would fucking hate anyway. She has scars on her? She may. We don't know. Oh. See, I think that there are none. There's no blood. There's no scars. They don't mention it. It's just like, it's it's really cheesy, bad horror movie imagery. They needed the little girl with the slashes on her dress. That, mm-hmm. guess what? Another thing, if you're making a fucking oh, retarded movie like this, 
and you're trying to hide it okay. from your kids that they were friends, which uh -huh. you're not going to be able to do that. First thing you do is you take the dress that Freddie slashed of your little child and you burn it. You don't oh, put it in a clearly yeah. labeled box that says first grade and stick in the attic and then tell your daughter where it is. That's fucking. Well, yeah, I admit that's stupid. Oh, I admit well, that's, that's stupid. stupid. So the whole movie's movie, but... that stupid. That's just one little thing. It's like, oh, no, there's plenty of pictures. Where's the pictures of me as a kid, mom? Oh, why would you want to see those? They're up. They're up uh, above the garage, in the box, clearly labeled with the little dress that Freddy Krueger slashed you. What kind of shit job is that? Hiding it from your kid? Why wouldn't you burn that? It doesn't make any sense. It Feel doesn't better? make any sense. And and I hate to break it to you, it's uh, not scary. No, it's not scary. I don't know what what planet this shit's supposed to be scary. Another thing we have to address. Go ahead. Relentless. Go ahead. Relentless. You're pretty much gonna run this one. Go ahead. Relentless jump scares. Okay. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this a thousand times before. I have no problem with jump scares. Right. Love them. They're great. Me if too. they're done well, like anything else. This movie, the whole movie, oh, is God. nothing. No, you're now you're rolling your eyes. It the whole movie is just bad jump scares. It's I I just watched this when I was visiting my brother. I couldn't believe right. it. I forgot because you get numb to it. You get numb oh. to the lack of creativity and the what I couldn't believe it. That's the whole movie. I, I, I wanted to go back and like do an edit and cut, see how many there are, but I probably, probably, probably would have lost count. Did you count them? I only remember one. It's mm. been like, you know, the last time I watched this was when we were really going to do it. I remember one when you she's hiding in the phone. one. It's the yep. whole movie. And this is not me being an <laughs> asshole or exaggerating. Well, There's a asshole. hundred. There's a hundred in this movie. Okay. And they're horrible. Like all of them. Jackie okay. Earl Haley doesn't have a chance to be scary because they keep using him in this fucking CGI jump scare stuff that doesn't make any sense. It's like they forgot you could you could make a scary movie and pepper some mm -hmm. jump scares in there and do mm -hmm. other things that are scary. But how is the movie going to be scary if he's only allowed to appear in front of someone, walk towards them, say something, and then disappear? I don't understand. I think he's scary. Like I said, you 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 already shit on the whole pedophilia thing. I think that's what makes him scary. Because they still play with that. Because um, when Jackie Earl Haley, you know, he did like, you know, Bad News Bears, one, two, three. He did like Maniac Cop three or some bullshit. And then he disappeared for like 10 or 12 years. Yeah. When he came back, he got nominated for an Oscar for, was it Little Children? Mm -hmm. I think it was called. And he was great in that movie. I mean, that movie is great from beginning to end, but he pedophile. is great. He plays a pedophile. Yeah, he looks like he, a pedophile. I think, yeah. And I think he channels it because he's really good. Like, I love just like I said, you know, he does a the, the the Dark Knight voice or whatever you want to fucking say. You know, I still think it's 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 Horshack or Rorschach. Now fucking producer Rachel's got me calling him Horshack, but um, I love the little things like he said. You know, this is my favorite dress. You always were my favorite. You know, oh, that little stuff is unnerving to me. I love when he's not burnt. I love like he like I said he already looks like Rat Boy. I think they made him a redhead, so that's already, you know, two strikes against him. So the way he plays with the, these children, I think you already know something's up because, you know, he's playing hide-and-seek with them. And then when you have that one shot where he's talking to Nancy, you know, you got, hey, you got, you know, these great pictures. You know, you want to draw some pictures for me? He is really good at being subtly creepy. And that's not just this joke I have like about his, 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 his face. You know what I mean? He really is good at being subtle 
And that's what I think is scary. Again, less is more. Like we said back with Bad News Bears when Tatum O'Neill isn't all blubbery when she's crying. Less is more. But it's not I less. Think- it's not less because it's literally a flashback trying to humanize a monster so that they could have a stupid twist at the end. That guess but what? See, here's he's not thing. a monster. No, here's the thing, though. I like how they tried to make it look like he was innocent. You didn't believe for one fucking second that he was. So what's the when point? You- I don't know, and I don't care. It doesn't make me hate the fucking movie. It the does thing for is- me because they wasted so much time when it's supposed to be a horror movie, and it's not. It's about a bunch of asshole parents scrambling around trying to stop their kids from remember something, which is impossible, and it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. That doesn't happen in the original. That's what's so brilliant about it. It's literally the only person that remembers Freddy Krueger is Nancy's mom, mm-hmm. who's fucking crazy. Right? Out no, of and Nancy's mom is the one. Clancy Brown remembers him too. No, Clancy Brown's not in the original. I'm talking about the original. Nancy's mom oh, the original the only one. one, only person in the whole movie. John Saxon never acknowledges it either. Because that's not what they it's give about. no. They give each other a look at Rod's funeral. When she's driving away, uh, no, Marge it's and not, it's and not acknowledged. It's not acknowledged. The only one. Yeah, it is. Watch no. it again. Watch it again to, to clear this this movie out of your brain. Watch no. it again. They look right at each other. Sure, I do, and it's not coincidence yeah. that. No, no, there's more to it than that. I'm not going to give you this one because it's way more complicated than that. They look at each other because they're divorced. She's a raging alcoholic. He's the sheriff now. Obviously, yeah. there is something that tore them apart. Maybe it was the fact that she tried to take the law into her own hands. We don't know that because there's only one drop line in the whole goddamn movie from Nancy's mom. And mm-hmm. I think to a certain degree, it's kind of like a it's kind of been a detriment to this whole series. And literally it's mm-hmm. one word when she says we parents. Mm-hmm. If she didn't say parents, but I've always when she says that, which is literally 20 seconds of the movie that they've made hours of sequels out of, how there was this mob and they all got him because he was... I've always kind of inferred from this... She was a, she was this, a leader. This one, well, from this one word in this one moment that mm-hmm. they weren't parents like they are now, like old, old people in a neighborhood and people were killing kids. She says that Freddie was killing children local kids right. they knew a lot of them like 20 of them mm-hmm. and us parents put an end to it i just kind of honestly kind of inferred that she was pregnant at the time like she was a younger person who had nancy and that's what she's talking about it's not coincidence that in this oh, there was like a deleted scene or a deleted plot that nancy had a sibling that was one of freddie's victims in the first okay. one so that makes sense yeah i never well i never even saw that yeah but i, I kind of like that idea that it's 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 not old people um in the original i like the idea that they were the same age as nancy when he was terrorizing them mm-hmm. because children just means anyone who's not mature right like you you wouldn't call them teen killings because it does it's not as catchy as child killings it's not as scary that's what mm-hmm. i think honestly and they just took that one word and that concept which is not developed or acknowledged and just kind of blew it out of the water, especially in this movie, which is so heavy on that. Okay, I want I want to bring up something. I want I want your opinion on this, uh, Christopher Gupton. Maybe I will send you your uh, your or I'll have friends friends send you your prize because he says in a very dumb dumb sheriff, the first nightmare has no common sense or logic, and in that aspect, the remake is superior. 
that there's no logic to a like a her dad being the sheriff who's not right. been in her life and trying to overcompensate and make up for what I don't understand what part of that doesn't make sense in this movie. I don't know. But, I'm, just, I'm just holding on to the fact where he says what? in he this movie. Here's why <laughs> that's just stupid. In this movie is superior because the original superior because it has characters. This movie doesn't. Okay. Like Clancy Brown, it, it's so horribly, horrifically miscast in this as a principal or something. For I one think of the, he's the guidance counselor. Yeah. He so obviously should have been the John Saxon sheriff role. He should have been Nancy's dad. It doesn't make any sense. He was born mm -hmm. to play that role. And he's just the father of her weird boyfriend person who they're not really friends with, and we don't know any of right. these connections. So I don't know how a convoluted mess is, is superior in any way to, to the original, but yeah, I guess that makes sense. All right, well, there you go. I'll take that as a small victory. I don't know what he meant either, but I, I, the fact that he said it was superior, I'll take it. Um, another thing that a lot of people who do hate this remake, and you'll probably disagree with this too, is I, I like the idea of the micro-naps because, again, it's again it's something new, and it is kind of cool that you know they're, they're, it's, it's like a version of sleepwalking and this and that. I, I, again, something new that I thought worked. And um, I also like how Freddie says to Nancy at the end, how, you know, I wanted to make sure you stayed awake so long. The next time you fell asleep, you wouldn't wake up again. So again, it's this cat and mouse thing that he's doing with his victims. And again, I think, again, the way Jackie um, portrayed it, and, and, and acted in it and sold it helped me like that even more. You know, I, I, I agree with some of the things you're saying conceptually, like the idea of some of these things are scary or good. I just don't think that they're carried out well, like at all, especially there is a line in the movie that you've, you've brought up that is, it's a scary line when he says mm -hmm. the human brain after the heart stops beating, you got six minutes or whatever. Yeah, we got five more minutes of playtime. That conceptually, that that applies to a lot of things you said. On paper, mm -hmm. that's scary. In the movie, by the time it comes, by the time it's delivered to the person he's talking to, you don't care about. In the context of a film, no one cares about or can understand or appreciate it. Like, no, honestly, oh, it's delivered by Jagger Haley. Uh huh. He does it great. Not, no, no, he does that. You're, but you're missing the bigger point. He's doing it okay. great mm -hmm. in a bad version of Freddy, in a horrific version of a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, in a really bad, lame movie. So it doesn't add up. It doesn't mean anything because it's just conceptually good. It doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I have to give credit. It is a good line, I guess. Yeah. But is it really? The way because he delivers it, and the way it looks, with the kid hanging upside down, he's got his claw marks and everything. He, I, it, it again. After he just punched a hole through his chest, it's retarded, and no one cares. Like you're talking about how he's not a cartoon character, right? He punched a hole through his chest. How is that not Looney Tunes? It's fucking stupid, and you don't care about him anyway. So, kind of like. Oh yeah, I give it. Does I'm it just, really matter? I, I'm giving the fact that we don't care about him because we don't know him. Right. We already that's, see him as an asshole in the beginning of the diner. That's I a huge problem. Because you have you have non-characters that no one cares about. Well, but the thing, no, because the thing is, there's a difference between not caring about the characters and fucking hating the characters. No. There isn't a there is, yes, no, you're right. There is a difference, but it, it doesn't make, the, there's no difference in whether the movie's good or not. 
they're both failures. If you have characters that are assholes that you just want to die, like Friday the 13th remake, which that's a fucking yeah. joke, you failed. If you have non-characters, you failed. Either way, you don't have you you, you got to hit that sweet spot right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Isn't that like how stories work? Like you kind of like have to be able to relate and care about some of these people. They're not just yeah, all fucking extras from a, from an Evanescence video or whatever. Okay, I'll, I'll, the two guys were from a fucking Evanescence. Or Green Day rejects, whatever. It's all the same shit to me. Yeah. Stupid spiky hair with airliner singing trash. That the the no not coincidence. <laughs> the whole guy who made this his only movie. His whole filmography is in trash music videos. Yeah, I know. What, I did notice that. What do you think was gonna happen? He's gonna make a trash music video starring a bumbling Jackie O'Haley pretending to be Freddy Krueger. I still think he's great. Some of the concept I know, I know. stuff. I like, never convinced. I must admit, I do I do agree with the Yeah, the only one who doesn't look like she—they've been fucking, you know, an Evan Evanson video was was Katie Cassidy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the best thing you have said on an episode she in a long. She she said uh she was talking about uh, Rooney Mara. She says yeah you know the only one who doesn't look nasty is is Katie Cassidy because the other girl looks kind of stinky. Well, you're right. You can kind of smell. <laughs> yeah. No, she, no, she doesn't look dirty. She just looks bored. It's so. And, and the thing is, everyone praises Rooney Mara in other films. I've never. Well, I haven't seen her in anything else. I didn't see the girl with the dragon tattoo. I don't know anything. Sister. I get her. I get her mixed up with her sister. They're both actresses. Yeah. But see again. Well, it's just like. Well, they're just these. <laughs> I kind of lost my point. What's she, funny, said, she said she basically talked about stinky Nancy, and I can't think of anything else. No, no just, you did a good job breaking up the tension. Good job. No, that was great. I just think it's funny that this is that people take this movie seriously in any capacity. When I'm just thinking about how convoluted this movie is it, in the beginning and the stupid twist bullshit ending thing. I really love the opening though because. It's like, I love the opening sequence with the credits and everything. Oh, the okay. way it's written in chalk. Well, that this looks is the thing. Good. Like, yes, yeah. it, it's okay. It's pretty good for a horror movie, but okay. And this one, uh-huh. it's kind of setting an unrealistic tone for your film. That like, because the credits are the credits are better than this whole goddamn movie. You know that. Oh fuck no! Yes. No, no, no. But still, again, like the the bar is not other horrible platinum dune remakes that's not what you're trying right. to beat you're trying right. to beat og nightmare on elm street and that i'm sorry that just blow the credit the original credits just blow this thing out the fucking water um no the, the credits in the original where you see him building the the, the glove and everything and yeah the, the font the music everything is just actual nightmare actually scary and not some what music video bullshit but i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the actual start of the film is when you know you're fucked right out the gate is because it's just this train wreck of characters you don't care about or and they don't even give you like you've got like an ex-boyfriend crying about not being able to sleep with i think they dated but then another ex-boyfriend walks in and he's friends with him is she really is he really this other guy really dating rooney no 
He's afraid to tell her. Well, Rooney, Rooney's not dating anybody. No, no, I know. I'm saying, but the but Chris was dating this jock. No, she was dating the rock guy. Chris was She's just Chris, friends with the jock. Chris was dating eyeliner boy previously. Yeah. She was currently dating the guy that was killed at the diner. Yeah, and that's how eyeliner boy tries to bullshit later that. I was friends with the uh, what's his name, the guy who killed himself. Mm-hmm. I was really friends with him too. Like he's trying to explain to her that they were friends. There's no evidence of that. If my friend was sitting in a diner crying because he can't go to sleep because some guy in a fucking fedora and knife fingers is trying to kill him in his dreams, <laughs> I would probably go over and try to help him or say something. He doesn't even acknowledge oh. him. He just leaves. He's like, oh, what? That's huh? it. He's an asshole. Yeah, I know. It's just people are I, assholes. I, I, I just love all that. this, and then then we get the movie opens with a funeral for a character no one cares about or had it didn't even have a second to try to to understand. So we're at this funeral, and the parents start showing up, and they're mm-hmm. all a bunch of fucking. They're all just. I, I'm sorry, but they're so boring in this movie. All of them. I think Clancy Brown criminally underused in this one. He doesn't yeah, do anything. Nancy's mom's a flatliner. Nothing's creepy or weird. They're all just like fucking. I'll tell you this though, you know Christopher says it in the chat too. That fucking blow up doll effect where Nancy's mom was pulled through the door and the original was garbage. That was a vast improvement in this one when she was taken out. No, no, this is a thing we keep talking about. I can't. Okay. I, I still can't believe Christopher Gupton. You were saying this stuff. It's not a vast improvement. Christopher's on my side. You know, we might have some. It's not a vast improvement because the film. No, no, listen. The movie sucks. sucks. The movie sucks. It doesn't matter if you think they improved something that the the ending of A Nightmare on Elm Street doesn't matter because the movie is a fucking. is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's nearly flawless. So who gives a shit if it doesn't look real? It's a. It's charming. Because that's how you ended the movie. It was the you, limitations. They, they were making they a movie. No, I don't care. If no. they would have ended the original movie with just the, the fucking striped car driving away into the fog with the you know the jump rope girls and yeah. everything, that was fine. But when you know you had Marge as the blow-up doll pulled through that little goddamn window Guess what? in the door. Here, here's, you, you're forgetting crap. a big crucial point to all this. It's a dream. Okay. It's a dream. Nancy's having a nightmare. It's not the real world. No, well, then you should care. You shouldn't have have no business. You have no business watching a movie about dreams and nightmares if you can't at least acknowledge that point. That's the problem. Well, then the problem is Wes. Wes, as much as we love Wes Craven, he should have realized that effect looked like crap. Doesn't matter. It's a dream. What are what do dreams look like? Are your dreams super realistic music videos like this remake? No, they're not. And it's one of the times where uh-huh. he did a cheap jump scare, which this movie, 2010, is nothing but cheap jump scares. That's all it is. It's, yeah. it's hundreds of jump scares that, that are so horrible. Wes Anderson did a little fun. On your way out, you've been through this thing. Here's something a little funny, memorable. Who gives a What's shit? Craven that Wes Anderson, big difference? Huh? Yeah, I think you said Wes Anderson. I think there's a big difference. Oh, you know what I mean. Wes Craven. West says, everyone does these they did it in carry they did it in friday the 13th they always got these little stupid jump scares at the end yeah. who cares i don't take myself too seriously and in this movie it's like 
the only defense of it that I'm hearing from people and you and stuff is that they improve the ending, which doesn't mean anything anyway. No, no, that's it's not ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You must have not heard a thing I said over all your yelling. I talk about. I don't care about improving. I'm not yelling. I'm calmer than you are. I don't calmer than you I are. I don't know about that. I'm having my coffee. I'm having the good my thing coffee. Rachel was in the background making waffles, breaking the tension. Um, actually, this has this has been like one of my, the most fun I've had an episode in a long fucking time. Okay. You know what I mean? Get to your point. So they improve the movie means. No, There's no, no! A, I don't care. I don't what's care the point if you, that if they the improve is, the special effects, and it's just ironic because that some of this movie is nothing mm-hmm. but the worst special effects I've ever seen before in a horror film. Oh, bullshit! No, some of the worst. You've seen it, okay? Some of the worst. Yeah, not the worst. No, now you, you have seen. Of, what ahead, planet ahead. are you people on? They did CGI and and effects in this movie of iconic scenes that were made 40 years ago practically this isn't like they're just making stuff up and cgi is the way that things are now they have a blueprint for the right way to do it i'm not saying do it exactly the same way of course not but you're not paying homage to this other movie by doing it worse and i mean like really really bad these 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 checkmark moments in this movie all of them are laughing I'll give you the wall scene. The wall scene looked like shit. Yeah, the wall scene. That's the, it. No, the other one. Oh, no, what do you mean that's it? That's it. No, the uh, the. Uh, okay, give another example then. The what's her name? Uh, I'm already forgetting what's her name. The the blonde in the uh, original. Uh, Katie. Oh, Amanda Wiss and Katie Cassidy. No, the original. Oh, Amanda Wiss. She was Tina. Tina. Yeah, Christina. Yeah. Tina. Um. That there's it's a night and day difference. This one is she's literally on strings, ninja strings like the Matrix, and they're throwing around the room. It's like scary movie. It's like a joke. No, no, it really is. It is because and there this is another thing. It wasn't that bad. It is that bad. No, it is that bad. The original. Not only do you have all of this incredible build up to that moment, okay, all this drama is happening with the boyfriend. You really think he's fucked. The way that they try to do that in this one with the ex-boyfriend or whatever, it's really bad. But in the original, Freddie shows up, fucking slashes her chest open, then drags her around the room, which, you know, they're doing, they're rotating the whole room, and it's all practical. And he's toying with her as she bleeds to death. And then, just for whatever, the, the cherry on top of the cake, he, like, drops her into the bed, and she kind of explodes when she hits, as if she's yeah. been dropped off, like, a 100-story building. Mm-hmm. They did that 40 years ago. In this one, what happens is she flies around the room on strings, and then with CGI, they cut her chest open, and she's dead. One is, like, super effective and, act- like, actually kind of horrifying. Like, the mm-hmm. original makes me sick, and it's, like, it pains me yeah. to watch her die. And you it's can't scary it. in the context. You know the boyfriend's fuck because he's a hothead, horn dog weirdo. And then this one, it's just CGI nonsense with characters you don't care about. Doesn't make any sense. I think it's night and day. It's and that that there's more. It's not just that one. I like it. I like it. Keep going. What's the what what's the what's the uh, what's the You've been holding this in for three fucking months, haven't you? Because you were watching this. No, I just watched it. Uh, I just watched it on Freddy Krueger's birthday. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, it was on Robert England's birthday. That's how you uh, celebrated it. What's his birthday? I was in. Um, I think you were with your brother at that time. I was in Raleigh. It was uh, 
June 6th? It's been a month. Okay. I well, either way, you still been holding this in. No, that's that's how long I've been. I haven't been holding it in. Yeah. I just think. Okay. I think maybe you. I'm sure you think I'm exaggerating. No. I think you're grossly exaggerating uh, the stuff that you're talking about, like especially with how compared to the original, the, these are this movie's insulting on so many levels. But we're talking specifically one thing at a time. We're talking about the kills. They're laughable in this one. How are they not laughable? I don't laughable? understand. Laughable. How are they laughable? You might not like them, but I wouldn't say laughable. You compared this to Scary Movie. It's no, no way near Scary it, Movie. No, bad. did you see? You don't know what I'm talking about. When he's throwing or bouncing off the walls, it's exactly yeah. the same as Scary Movie. When whichever Scary Movie, the one where she's getting fucked by the ghost. I think it's the second one, yeah. Yeah. Tori Spelling. It's like the same thing to me. It's ridiculous. No, no. See, that's over exaggeration. I don't think so. I don't think in the context of the the story, in, which in one has context. a story, one doesn't. One has characters' intention, one doesn't. One's mm-hmm. like a like it's the original's like kind of pretending to be a mystery, but it's not about that, and it doesn't ever pay off. Like the mm-hmm. this one's like the whole crux of the remake is that it's this mystery and did he, who is Freddy Krueger and did he really do it? Is he really innocent or guilty? No. If, if, if you really Hated. thought that he was innocent at any time, I don't know how, I don't want to say, you know, in case you're you know a fan of the show, I don't know how brain dead you are. There's no way you would have thought that he was innocent because if you watch the way Jackie was talking to these people, you know, that motherfucker was a pedophile and diddling those kids in his little secret cave. There was no way. Again, and then again, it's Jackie Earl Haley. That man, if he's playing Freddy Krueger, you know for a fact he was touching those kids. Now, yeah. a lot of people say it was a failed opportunity. I just thought it was there. It, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Because in the end, I wasn't you know, dumb enough to realize you know, maybe he wasn't. No, you knew the motherfucker was diddling the kids. I just think it's stupid to be in the movie at all. doesn't matter if some people are actually tricked and actually believed it. The fact that it's in the film, but you know what I see is a real, I got chips in my beard, (laughs) a real missed opportunity with this movie. Mm -hmm. If you're going to go down this road and do this stupid pedophile thing, which is not as scary. I mean, it's so obvious he should be both. Now here's the thing. I never said he was scary. I said he was evil again. There's a difference. Yeah, but this was, is a horror movie. This isn't an evil movie. It's not. I I don't care if he's evil or not. I want to be horrified, and I'm not. And, I don't. Look, I'm not scared by this guy. Bronco Juggalo just just showed up, Brad, and he's on your side. He fucking hates this movie too, and um. So you know, I got Broncos on your side. I got Christopher, fifty fifty on my side, but um. You know, he he's right. He hates the fucking the pedo thing, and that's fine. I just liked it because and. We'll pick. We'll we'll bring up Brad uh, Bronco because he is like him and uh, Monty G are like the only like major torchbearers for Freddy's Dead. And don't get me wrong, I don't fucking hate Freddy's Dead. There isn't a Nightmare on Elm Street movie that I hate. Freddy's Dead is just below because it's just too goofy for me. You know, yeah, and look I at me. I watched them back to back. Yeah, you know me. I fucking love Nightmare on Elm Street Five where he's goofy, but it's not like you know. Well, Bugs Bunny, at the, which is fun. Not talking and about that's Freddy's why, dead because that's the, that's the last thing I remember as as Freddy, air quotes, because 
again, new nightmare doesn't count because it's not Freddy. It's this ancient being that got off, you know, oh, playing Freddy. Count. No, no, it doesn't because he wasn't Freddy in that movie. So the last time we see Freddy Krueger is when he's bouncing around with the, with the power glove and, and, and all that stuff, which I loved as a kid. I just, I don't hate it now as an adult. So it was good to see him as this evil being again. And that's why I think. This is what I was, was talking a- about earlier. Conceptually, you're right. On paper, okay. the idea is there. It's, mm-hmm. it's not conveyed in the movie in any way, shape, or form that he's evil mm-hmm. or scary. Because you don't, you don't ever believe this is Freddy Krueger to begin with. It's just a burn victim <laughs> with a grumbly voice and a familiar outfit that, that literally doesn't make sense in the context of this film. See what I'm saying? Like you're making no. a lot of good points, but they don't hold no, up. In no, the actual, they don't hold no, up in the actual. Honestly, film. Just, it's no, all conceptually. Just... You're saying that it's creepy because he's a pet. Like, you know, we can split hairs. Which which one's actually scarier? A guy who gets off to killing children, like literally gets off to killing children, or a guy who molests children and doesn't kill. Oh, them. I get you. I, I get what you but mean. I man. think with this one, uh-huh. the whole fake twist thing at the end was just an excuse to pussify and to co- to be a cop-out on the whole pedophile thing because you have a certain amount of time to fill and if uh-huh. you know if if the audience knows and the people writing this that he is 100 percent a pedophile from the beginning yeah you'd then, have to then know you that. have to back that, that no no i'm saying then you have to back that up which they can't do because they're making a really lame-ass watered-down horror movie for audiences in 2010 right Um, can't do that so it has to that's the whole reason (laughs) no really i'm being serious that's the whole reason that they had to weave in this thing where Uh oh he might be innocent because Mm -hmm. they can't go hardcore i'm not saying make a serbian film i'm saying it's a missed opportunity this is a missed opportunity if you're going to go around the pedophile route which it's obvious he should have been a pedophile who also killed the children Uh um the missed opportunity is that in this movie, I think it would have been really creepy, like actually creepy and more realistic to mm-hmm. within the within the context of the film. If pedophiles like young children, right? Mm-hmm. They have it varies, but they have a specific age. Some like babies. Some mm-hmm. pedophiles fuck babies, some fuck little children, some fucks preteens, whatever. He obviously likes preteens, right? So mm-hmm. if Freddie, imagine if Jackie Rohaley in this movie was disgusted with Nancy now. Not like toying with her like he still wants to fuck her, which he wouldn't want to do because she's 18 now or whatever. She's too old mm-hmm. for him. It doesn't make sense in the in the movie that there's that there, it's supposed to be creepy chemistry with him, like how he toys with her, that he still mm-hmm. wants to fuck her and all this stuff. It would actually be scary if he was turned off by her because of how old she got and how fucking gross she is now and old and disgusting, the way she smelled. Like... I think that would have been amazing. Well, Rachel already said she smelled, so. No, wouldn't that be scary, though? No. If he's like, it, what do you no. mean, no? That's not scary? I wouldn't like that idea. No. You wouldn't have liked, you, would, you don't like anything that <laughs> detracts from your points that don't make any sense. No, 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 that's no, it's not true. true. It's, 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 to, it's not coincidence. If a movie's coming out with hype mm-hmm. and nerds are excited about it, you're the opposite. If a movie's not coming true. out and people not are shitting on it. No, because I told you how excited I was. No, because I told you I was excited for Halloween Kills. Contrarian at heart, really? Yeah, I told you. I told you how much I was excited for Halloween Kills, and I fucking hate 
did not like uh, made, 2018. You may, you, you've said a thousand times on this channel, you're about not judging a movie before it comes out. Correct. Seeing it open-minded. You made three videos about Halloween Kills before it came out shitting on it. No, 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 you no, no, did. no. I didn't care. No, no, it doesn't matter. Okay. You did. You made three videos before it came out. You did yeah. dozens of hours of live streams shitting on the movie before it came out. Didn't see it in the theater. And then six right. months later, bought it on DVD. I did. And I gave it a fair I, shot when I sat no, down and watched it. No, that's not a fair it. shot. And no, nobody in their right mind will ever believe that what I just said that's fine. is you giving a movie a fair shot. That's not... You're in denial. No, I did. I sat down and, I and gave that movie a fair shot. you're also in denial with this movie. No, because I'm not. it had this culture around it before it came out. <laughs> it really did. Because I remember, I'm not even in the horror community. I remember people shitting on this because Robert Ingram's right. the only Freddy. They could never mm -hmm. remake it, all that stuff. And that affects you in a profound way. No, not at all. You like what you like, I like what I like. I don't care. I just don't I, think it's a coincidence. If we, if we want to go with Halloween 2018 again, I didn't give a shit about it. Doesn't mean I was going to. No, you did give a shit enough no. to make videos about it. No, that's sorry. You gave because I didn't understand why we should like it so much because we had already seen it before. I guarantee when I sat you down in my chair and I put in that fucking DVD that I bought first fucking week it came out, I gave it a fair shot. No, you didn't. One hundred percent. Yes, I did. You even said that you haven't. You said that you were angry the whole time no. and you were drinking. Yes, you no, did. I was angry while I was watching it. Yes, when so I said that, down, I if was, you're watching oh. a movie and you're angry, you're not giving it a fair shot. No, the movie itself made me angry with what they did with no, just like no, what, no. just like what this movie is doing to this you. This is why if you ever got called for like jury duty, they would throw you out in such a fucking heartbeat. Because like we get called for jury duty once. Did you actually? Like, like, no, I got sent home before they pulled me up to the You the wouldn't stand a chance. Seriously, they'd be like, "You out." I think there's something, Doctor <laughs> Frenzy. Is I think, but who? Do, what do I know about you? I think right. there's something to that. Okay, there might be. But I'm telling you, I gave that movie a fair shot. Whether you want to believe me or not, you don't have to. I don't think it's a fair shot. I wouldn't define that as a fair shot. And honestly, okay. a lot of people that hate this movie, mm -hmm. including myself, I right. honestly, sincerely did give it a, a real shot. And I was actually excited for it. I don't give a fuck what a bunch of losers online say. I don't, right. Unless they're like, you know, I'll get excited if, if the hype is like overly positive then that does excite me to a certain extent because hopefully mm -hmm. it's like how how can so many people be wrong you know what i mean oh, i don't care no no one's wrong with what you what you like like Bron bronco you know i love him to death he's like the like a huge supporter of 2018 i'm not gonna shit on his on the fact that he he i think he once said it was like the best flash movie he's seen in like the last 10 years more power to him that movie made me mad watching it why would I shit on his parade? I don't care. You hate this movie? I I really like it. it. In the end, it's just a bunch of fucking assholes on YouTube talking about a movie. It doesn't matter. It's true. It's true. See? But, it's true. I win. But <laughs> we're talking about 
right now we're talking about this movie oh. giving things fair shakes, mm-hmm. fair chances, right. being open minded, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't see how anyone in good conscience could like this movie. I do. I, I don't. And I, I don't. I really don't understand. Well. Because that, because the reasons you're giving me. Uh-huh. You like Jack Hero Haley. Okay. I do. Okay. Like so one. what? What else? What else? I like Jack Hero This movie. Yeah. So what? This movie. What else? There's He's nothing the else to this enjoy- movie. There's nothing else to it. <laughs> For you. He carries this movie. I want to watch him from beginning to end. Oh I've told God. you that. I like the, I, I like the different. I like certain ideas in this. I like the Micronaps. That scene in the in the 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 Lee Hands or whatever, not or uh, the Walgreens or whatever the fuck you know the drugstore is, you know, in fucking Springwood. That looked good. I love. I like a lot of this movie. There, yeah, that I, that I, I said that wrong. earlier. There yeah, is that's wrong. literally There's one a shot. Lot of stupid shit in this. You know, the kid that they they recycled from. Friday the 13th remake, who's doing his stupid vlogs and he gets killed on screen. That's dumb. They don't care. Just because you have that, it's not going to make me say this movie's bad. No. Now, you <laughs> might think this movie's That's bad. That's one Hate thing it. of a thousand things we've talked about. And, the, and, and that that can, you know, if the shoe is, look, we can flip that and throw uh-huh. back at exactly what you're saying. Okay. Because there's literally one shot in this movie that looks halfway decent. That's five seconds long in the drugstore. When it fades, okay. when it fades to the border room, which doesn't make any sense. I'll give you that. That does look kind of cool because, you know, he is a visual uh, music video guy. Five Mm -hmm. seconds of a two-hour movie makes it good? Really? No. Every time Jackie is on screen, makes it good. Okay, we're already already past that. We've already established you love Jackie. Anything he does in this movie. No. Okay, Okay, in this movie, Aside from that. Okay. What else about this movie and that one shot that's five seconds at towards the end that doesn't make sense? Well, let's see here. Everything else is just fine to me. Who's your favorite character? Jack Hero Haley. No, we already established that. Not Jack Haley. <laughs> human. Uh, human. Um, they're just there. I don't hate any of them, but I guess Katie Cassidy's a character. Chris, that's fine. She was fine. She's he was so fine. terrible. How is she terrible? Like she, like you said, she does nothing, so she yeah, can't be terrible. That's, that means she's terrible. No, it's the fine. same thing. She's no, fine. that's we've already talked she's about this. Just there. She's just there. Lack of character is just as bad as too much. Mm-hmm. It's like having too much salt or too much sugar in your food. They're both garbage because it's too much. <laughs> uh, One's not so. better than the other. It's the same thing. What I don't else? think I don't... what else? What else? Oh, Give me something. Me. I'm struggling like here to understand. How can what do you like about this movie enough to argue about it in a video? I don't understand. <laughs> no, what I'm telling you is because Jackie's maybe he's in this movie less than I remember, but the fact is he carries this movie for me. I love every time he's on scene. You may say it's like, you know, Scary Movie 2 or whatever, or, you know, Crouching Tiger, that Hidden Dragon. It's like around. Scary Movie 2. It's fine. It's fine. I like it. It's fine. Don't hate it. Don't love it. It's fine. I just don't think you can else? comprehend how I could just like a film. I, I want could. more reasons. Because how can you sit through this for two hours? I got Jackie Haley, who's. Well, how long is he in this movie? 
I don't know. You're the one who you're the one that likes to. You're, probably, you're gonna have to this. probably twelve minutes, like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. I would say he's about the same time as those dinosaurs. He's in it for twelve. No, minutes. he's more than twelve minutes. You think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got to be. Okay, let's say twenty. Yeah, again, I like the tone of the film. Like I said, okay, I like the, the other hour more. and forty minutes. I liked. I thought the ending was a lot better. The um, ending. Yeah, wait, well, it's like the last shot. The, the, last mom, shot. the mom kills, not yeah, the, the ending of the movie. Like... What What about the ending? Did you like better than the original? It looked better. Look better. No rubber doll. Yeah, no rubber no, doll. No. I said aside from the mother kill, which is not the ending of the movie, the end of the film. That we, I'm talking about how the movie ends, how it ties everything up. Okay. What What did you like about that? It was fine. It was just, it was the same thing that happens in every Freddy movie. He's pulled into the real world. So there wasn't anything different, but it was fine. I didn't hate it. It was fine. Yeah, but what did you like? Yeah, I, think, I think you're misunderstanding. I think you think that I love this movie. Mm. I don't. I think you more than like it. it. I think you more than like something if you're willing to devote this much time to talking about it. I think we're using words wrong. Like, I like donuts. Maybe we are. You know what Maybe I mean? Maybe we're using. I like donuts. I'm not going to fucking talk about them for two hours online. It's a difference. Well, We're using the wrong words. What do you like about the ending? What, what do you mean? Well, the thing is, like, see, I like the ending shot compared to what you consider as the ending. The ending is just fine. I don't care that he's defeated, you know, killed however he's killed, and they burn the fucking place to the ground. It's fine. It's just there. Maybe you want more than that. I don't care. That's fine. I, I, I don't. I don't get what you're trying to. Oh, no, do this, is, this is, I promise, it's not a gotcha. It's not a gotcha. I'm just wondering what you liked about it, aside from the mom kill. Which, see, That's it doesn't good. impact me as much because I never uh-huh. gave a shit about that mom. I think she's terrible. Uh-huh. I think the actress sucks. I think there is no character. She's flat and terrible the whole time. The original mom, it's pretty fucking sad because she's obviously broken woman, damaged at the uh-huh. end. She's dead. Right. Her dad never gave a shit. He's not really a hero. He's like totally worthless. Like Christopher Gupton was talking about, it doesn't make sense. He's just kind of a real life adult. Doesn't believe mm-hmm. ghost stories. All of her friends are dead. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Her boyfriend's brutally fucking murdered, and he's like the mm-hmm. sweetest person ever. <laughs> totally didn't deserve yeah, that. Yeah. They're all dead. Her family's dead, basically. And now they're in this situation where, like, how are we going to explain this? It's kind of like the Terminator mm-hmm. thing. That's why I love so much about it. Like, how the fuck is Sarah Connor going to explain this to people? And that's true. And the original, that's, like, that's James Cameron, we've talked about it. Like, he didn't really have a plan for part two because in the original, she rides off into the sunset with her dog. That bitch would have been locked up so fast <laughs> for destroying. <laughs> she destroyed millions of dollars of property, killed all these people. There's no Terminators, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I kind of like the original because it's so fucked. And then it, mm-hmm. we end with this dream sequence where this last chance she gets to be fake happy, like with her boyfriend and her friends and her mom says, she's, it's so hilarious. She's like, I'm quitting drinking. I just don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like super saturated and like all super yeah. like, like a fucking leave it to beaver episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what did the original do better than the remake? Yeah. Well, let's see here. Uh, okay. Well, the easiest one would be Tina's kill. We already said that. A lot of the practical effects. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that I think this is better than the 
Wait, the what was Nightwatcher's question? Uh, he asked me, um, what did the original do better than the remake? First what? thing that came to mind, Kill. No, what that, did the original he, do better than the remake? I think he means, what did the remake do better than the original? Is that, is that what he really means? Because Well, he, he typed in, what did the original do better than the remake? First thing that came to mind was Tina's Kill. Well, that's going to be a short-ass, what did the original do better than the remake? <laughs> Everything. What are we talking, what have we been talking about for two hours here? Well, we haven't been talking about... How about a, seri- a serious question, which is the opposite okay. of what he just brought up. What did the remake do better than the original? Did the, what did the remake do better than the original? I. Good luck with that one. I, I have never said... Give me anything. Remake... I don't care how insignificant or small it is. Give me anything. Give me a how little thing. I, how many times do I got to bring up the fucking mom kill? That was done better. Okay. There's one thing. There's one thing that I've already said. I think yes. A dozen the, fucking times. The, in context, though, I still don't agree with you or think it makes sense. That's okay. On a, a very simplistic black and white, is the effect better than the doll through the thing? Of course it is. I know. But once we start establishing context and all these other things that that give it meaning, then of course it's not as good. Because it's a, but, it's but a, it's a thing. I've never said it was as good as the original. Well, the that's original what, is this is the question. What did it do better? That a means lot of things. That but means the first thing that came to mind was Tina's kill. I answered his question. Mm. Oh, you're saying mm-hmm. Tina's kills better in the remake? Oh, my oh no, God. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting mixed up here because this question's so stupid. <laughs> what did the original? I, I'm saying we're already past that. I've asked you a separate question. Uh-huh. What did yeah. the remake? The that question's ridiculous. What did the remake do better than the original? You gave me the mom kill. Yeah. Okay. What else? Not much, if anything. But I still enjoyed the movie. That's my point. I'm not, I, I think, I don't know if you're confused or if people are in the chat or anyone who's watched, you know, the 200 hours or however many, many times you, how many times you've said I've uh, discussed this movie, is I'm not saying this is better than the original. It's you're changing the, you keep changing the subject. I'm not no, done I, with I, the, I'm not done with the question because I just want a couple more than one. You want I can't think of anything more than just that off the top of my head. What it's done better. There's my answer. Are you happy? No. No, you know you won't. Then why the fuck are we talking about this? Because I enjoyed the film. Plain and simple. You enjoy Jackie or Haley and the kill with the mom is better. <sighs> Really? Oh my goodness! You, Rachel, needs a drink. You still got a couple wine coolers in there. I wasn't exaggerating. I told you going into this, I don't understand yeah. this movie. I don't get it. I know you don't. I don't. Ex- I don't get why it exists. <laughs> well, I, 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 I can't explain that to you. I can't. That was, yeah, everything's gonna be remade, but, but like like Frenzy said, it was remade. It was the movie was made for a cash grab, but that's what all remakes are. All remakes are cash grabs. They're trying to live on the no notoriety not, of the original. Not all of them. We've talked. Okay, about most of them. Most of them. Trying, not all. No, not all. The best ones are not, especially the '80s remakes of the '50s. Those that's are, true. Those are definitely not cash grabs, and they're pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the the fly and the blob. You know, in the '90s weren't bad. The, the, the I think the Night of the Living Dead remake is better than the original. 
Yeah. I, I don't know if it's, I wouldn't say it's better. My opinion. They're both really good though. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I'm trying to look for one to agree with you. I think we both agree. Um, but Bron Bronco, you know, Bronco puts up a good point. Um, I don't think you'll be happy until I say it sucks. I'm not going to say it sucks. Mm. No, no, no. That's not, I'm not looking for that. I'm just looking for things you like about it. That's all. Jack I'm not Haley. trying to change anyone's minds. You like Jackie Earl Haley. Oh. Yeah. And you like the mom killed Ed. Okay. Well, I like the micro naps. I like the, the, the 12 second scene in the fucking drugstore. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that was cool. That was a cool shot. Well, do we have anything else? It's almost midnight on our end. We got do you have anything else, else to say? I don't know. I think you've said a lot. I think that, you know, this three months in the making episode, I think, uh, like I said, if you're driving my wife to drink, we, well, no, not just you, me as well. If we're driving my wife to drink after tonight, I think, uh, I think this was, was this your first ever actual rant on this show? I don't I think, think it, so. No, I've ranted before. I, I, I told you I was trying not to get upset. It's just this movie sucks so bad. I want to ask you, okay, I want to ask you an honest opinion. All jokes aside, well, for, you know, okay, you know what? Here's one thing that I liked more than the original. Judith Hogue is in it, or, and she's not in the original. Judith Hogue has like a, a two-second cameo in this. She's the doctor, so there you go. There's something else I like. <laughs> uh, well, to be I fair, though. Star, I will do it. But um, where would you, in all honesty, calm down, take, take your Ritalin, breathe deep, which is worse, this or the Friday the 13th remake? Uh, this or the Friday the 13th remake? And then think logically, be honest. Let, let the hatred for this movie stay in your brain, but think logically. What do you hate more? Because I know you fucking hate the Friday the 13th remake too. Mm. But you like Derek Mears, you know? You know, I like Jackie Earl Haley. You like Derek Muir. So which one did you, which one, you hate them both. Which one is worse, in your opinion? Nightmare on Elm Street remake or Friday the 13th? We'll end with that. Ooh, that's tough. That is tough. Hmm. Yes, Whitey, April O'Neil is in the, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. She plays the Nancy's doctor. This is tough. <laughs> Good question. All right, there. Oh. See, that's never see, been like, asked. I've never had to think about that. I know. I, well, Bronco, I know. Bronco's it's his best. It's his favorite remake. I know. Bronco is the torchbearer for that one. He loves that. One. Oh yeah. I'm. I mean, obviously, I'm leaning heavily towards Friday. Oh really? What? Which is worse or which is better? Worse. Okay. I think. What again? Hmm. Hmm. Holy shit, they're both so bad. Alright. I'm gonna have to go with I feel better now. Okay, which is worse? That's your answer. Which is worse? You need to like put in like, the Jeopardy theme or something they're like this like, during the They're like neck to fucking neck. I'm not gonna say my opinions because I don't want to influence you at all. 
Yeah, but if I say if I say what you know I'm going to say, then you're going to count as a victory. Nope, not at all. You can, you can, because, yeah, there's there's no denying it. Friday the 13th worse, I think. So, yeah, you win this one. <laughs> it is technically... So we're ending on a good note. Yeah. <laughs> all jokes aside, you hate this fucking movie, and that's okay. I, I really enjoy it, and that's okay. I, I, I've been the torchbearer for so many movies that everyone hates, and that's fine. But in the end, I do think... This is one of our most interesting episodes. We started off really good with, with, I think Richard Donner would be proud of this episode. How about you? (laughs) (laughs) No, he'd be like, you, both of you need to go to life, especially the fucking, the fatter one with the brown hat. Was I really Uh, raging that bad? I was surprised. You know, it was fun. It was fun. Rachel had to quiet it, quiet me down a little bit. I, I, the the chat's been fucking hilarious. I think you need to rewatch this. I'm going to rewatch this just for the fucking chat. Yeah, I'm going to do been, that. It's been a lot of fun. But um, anyways, I want to say congratulations once again to Christopher for winning our uh, our Zaps uh, contest. Christopher, I don't know how you're going to be able to contact us. I don't know if you're on social media, but you're going to have to contact us somehow, and I'm going to give you a week to figure out a way to do so. Um, because if not, um, I'm going to have to rewatch this film and rewatch this video and find out who was the runner up, but I, it's gotta be fair. Bronco. Gotta find out a way. Okay. So you gotta find out a way to contact me uh, privately so we can get your, your address and I'll give that to put, I'll give that to frenzy so he can send out your stuff. Um, a lot of fun frenzy, all jokes aside, like I said, I based all these episodes on the conversation and this was a lot of fun. Now, before we sign off, next week, my choice is, you know, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon because it, uh, a lot of people were talking about the remake of Mortal Kombat. I'm going to go and we're, go out and say we're going to talk the original, you know, because you know, a lot of people say original is better. Um, we're going to talk about the my choice for next week will be the original Mortal Kombat from... The king of video game movies, that's not Uva Bowl, Paul W.S. Anderson, Mortal Kombat from 1995. Okay. You got any idea what you're going to do, or are you going to hit me up later? Oh, yeah, because I already knew, because we already talked about this. I know. I'm just, <laughs> you already had this shit planned out. I just think it's funnier if I spoil that. I already know the selection, and I already yeah. pre-picked yeah. my pick for video game movie, whatever will be Last Starfighter. Which I've never seen. That's the main reason. Yeah, and that that will be uh, that would be our uh, our connection. Uh, video game movies. Um, I don't know how the Last Starfighter is based on a video game because I've never seen it. All I've seen is the poster of some kid looking up in the sky. Oh my god! So, so you literally know yeah. nothing about. The- no, I do not know it. All I know is about <laughs> the Last Starfighter. Is Nick Castle. Michael Myers directed it, oh, but yeah. he also directed Major. He also directed Major, Major Payne. So who fucking cares? Um, you don't like Major Payne? Um, it's okay. It's fine. It's there. I it's loved like, it as a kid. Yeah, it was. It was fun. I liked it because I was a wrestling fan, and Bam Bam Bigelow was in it. So, but um, next week will be Mortal Kombat and the Last Starfighter, which I'm really excited for because I've never seen the Last Starfighter. Um, you can find me anywhere. Google, hey Internet, Eric here. I'm tired. This was a fun, exhausting night. Google me, uh, hey, and Eric here. I'm on all the social medias. Twobeardlosers.com for the video of all this stuff if you're just listening. 
And if you're just listening, we're on all audio platforms. Um, I don't have anything to promote other channel wise. Um, Frenzy, when you're not trying to convince people that, you know, to come see your one man performance of the Goonies, where can we find you? Or is there anywhere we can find you? No, just give up. There's no firing me anywhere. You find me here on Two Ready Losers. That's it. I'm throwing in the towel. Who gives a shit? <laughs> All right. Well, if that's how you want to end it, I guess we're going to end on a sad note. So no, no. Let's let's end on a positive note because now that I'm out of my fog of rage, and this mm -hmm. was not. I just want to say this to you. Okay. Man to man, loser to loser. <laughs> I really appreciate you putting up with my shit, and I when I start like raging, I don't even. I can't remember what I said. I'm sure I, I said a few things. I'm sure I crossed a line or two. Never. And I apologize. Well, I'm sure I said something mean. I didn't mean to because I'm. It's not directed at you. It's directed at this movie. Um, if Never. I have any any hatred or whatever, it's just like I just. I'm my own worst enemy, but at the same time, I'm trying to. Your own worst critic. That's what it is. Oh yeah. But the yeah. whole point of this is, like I've said from the beginning, and I feel like such a hypocrite, is like I'm trying to try to be positive. No, not just be positive, but look at things from other people's points of views hmm. instead of from a pedestal. And it's really hard sometimes, especially with shit it's like struggles. this. I know, I get it. But I did I did have a great time, even though I can't remember half the shit I said. And if I offended anyone, <laughs> including you, I'm sorry. Cause Ever. I'm just going to say it at the risk of sounding gay. I love you. Oh. As a friend, maybe yep. as a future lover, never know how things are going to work out. We could, you know what? We're, we might have a road trip to Mississippi. You could take me to your own little cave and, you know, put me in that dress that Nancy wore. You. Oh, like, we got that. lots of those here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'll show you around. Wine and dine, trip and grits, a few truck stops, meet the fellas. <laughs> well, I'm music. that good. On that happy note, we will end this. I'm Eric. That's Frenzy. Christopher Gupton. Hit me up somehow. You got a week. Um, thank you to everybody. Whitey showed up. Bronco is here. Jennifer said goodnight. She missed. I think we tired out poor Jennifer Tochi. Uh, yeah, Christopher says we should just kiss already. We might do that, you know, off camera because, you know, what we do in our personal life is none of your fucking business. So with that, <laughs> I'm Eric. That's Frenzy. We're fucking out of here. Good night. I'm tired. Dream. Dream, dream, dream. It's always, it's always fucking something. I don't care. That's still funny. That's still funny. Because. No, because your, your audio. Well, I don't know if your audio picked up or not. Who cares? They can only fucking hear me now, anyways. And Whitey says, see, we're gonna have makeup sex. See, we're good. Yeah. It was fun. What? Not at all. Dang, we're still hand in hand. We love each other. <laughs>